Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the greatest show on earth. The Hard Luck Show coming at you from the virus bunker there in Southern California. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my partner, is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to rip shit up again. What? Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, this is riot music right here. Yeah. This is protest riot music. Yeah. This is take down the president music. Yeah. This is tear it down. Tear General Mattis. This is, you know what I mean? This is, uh, civilian oversight of the police Get you music. pumped up Oh man And on sound Old Blue Eyes Sean Lewis Certified Audio professional engineer for the hard Look Show Yeah Yeah Um Man we didn't We didn't find out what We didn't find out what uh, It was gonna be guest, Do it my way Oh yeah What does he wanna you pick one. All right, let me pick one. Yeah. You know what? I think I might get. I think I have one right okay, here. Okay. All right. Yeah. That'll work. Will that work? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest that made his way down. He traveled a long ways to get down here. He traveled a long road. Yeah. To get down here, quite a journey. How far did he travel? Well, he's going to tell us how far he traveled today. He came down from Santa Barbara, and there's a reason for that, which he's going to tell us. Okay. But this gentleman has had quite a journey through his life and where he presently stands today. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to know this gentleman today over the show. Let's welcome, with no further ado, Big Flacco. Welcome Flacco. to the Hard Luck Show, yeah. Flacco. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yes, indeed. Thank you, thank you, fellas. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. You just got excited. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. See, I know Chumai is a good talent for picking up yeah. some good music. Yeah, fuck the Sadio. Yeah. Hey, uh, man, I want to welcome you down to the show. I want to thank, thank, you, you. thank you. you. You took a drive down today from Santa Barbara. You brought your beautiful family with you sitting on the couch. And, man, what a blessing, bro. I tell you, Chumahan, I've been doing some talking with Flux. Mm -hmm. And as you guys, I want to make clear something. If you didn't listen to episode 80, okay? Remember who was episode 80? No, actually, I don't. Off the top of my head, was which one was that? That was another gentleman. Oh, that was on Underground. Yes, Underground Scholars. Yes, shout out to the Underground Scholars. Danny Murillo. Danny Murillo. The Thrillo, the Killer Murillo. Now, Danny is an Underground Scholar. Remember, just like Berto. You know, 
And uh, Danny went on and on about Flacco. He's like, listen, man, Stu did some time. Let's do this. He's got involved. He's turned his life around. He's currently at UC Santa Barbara and working working in the field and everything from restorative. Just a lot of things, man, that this gentleman's doing. So, obviously, uh, we reached out together to reach out to each other. And Blanco started telling me about his story and where he came from and his experiences and where he's at today and what he's doing. And uh, right away, we were like, let's schedule this all gentleman right, let's down. let's check this out. Let me, first let's of all, do this. Uh, the dude's name is Flacco. Yep. Right? He's got a backwards black cap on. <laughs> He's got a shirt that says Gangsta Nerd. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gangsta okay. Nerd. Best of both worlds, I reckon. Uh-huh. Hey. He's got like long kind of like board shorts. He's got his white socks pulled up. <laughs> He's got his black Adidas on. I got mine on too. Hey, hey. He's uh, sleeved up, blasted around the neck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bla- that just goes without saying. Hey. But... Now I I listen. No offense, right? None, but but Flaco, um, do they also call you Wero? Uh, you know what? It's funny you say that because when I was growing up, around the age of like seven, American Me came out, and uh, and Blood In Blood Out had, had mm-hmm. came out, and they used to call me Miglo. And our our wedo, you know what I'm saying? Because so, you got light skin, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so, that's just I mean. Yeah, my dad, my dad's from Jalisco, Mexico, All right. and uh, and and my mom's uh, Irish, mm-hmm. so right. okay. so I got that you know that mixture in me. But but all my life I grew up, you know, it, it, it was rough. You know, I grew up in the in the barrio as having blonde hair and blue eyes. Right. You know, I had to fight harder i had to i had to show my, i had to prove myself i had to show my heart all the time you know do white people ever say to you like hey what the fuck are you doing man you yeah like uh, supposed to be down with us right, what are you doing you know especially when i went to the joint you know what i'm saying when i went to the joint and i was in prison i remember my first week being on the reception yard and the whites came to my to, towards my cell and they said hey two two seventeen, turn your light on turn your light on and i'm like what like the hell these white boys tripping on so mm-hmm. i go up to my and the homies are behind them and the homies mm-hmm. know who i am and they're like you know and, and they're coming up from behind them and and these white boys are like, turn your light on you're a wood you're a wood and, and i'm like ah ah what are you tripping on and the homies pull, hey what's up that's the homie flaco like what's the issue he ain't a wood he's with us and they're all oh, our bad dispenser like you know mm-hmm. but right. that's been my journey you know throughout my life it, misidentification it misidentified what, where yeah. whereabouts did you grow up at where are you so from? i moved around a lot mm-hmm. so uh as a youngster my, my 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 father and my uncles they were heavily involved in in, in moving they were they were movers and groovers so mm-hmm. they was moving a lot of weight um, so we lived in Nevada and Laughlin for a little bit when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. We lived in East LA, Montebello, and that's where that's where it started to like you know to uh, take shape in my life. And from there we lived, you know, I, I moved up to my, my mom and dad divorced. I went up to Idaho, mm-hmm. I, Montana, uh, Texas. They like, can so, grow them real wide up in Idaho. Yeah, they're. Where it, were you that, at, Boise? Huh? No, I was. Uh, actually, I will. I ended up stabbing some kid up there because, <laughs> and that's where I caught time. I caught time up there too. I ended up doing uh, a, a stint right there in St. Anthony in juvenile hall. And that's mm-hmm. where the dehumanization 
you know, came on to me and that's where that, that hate in my, in, in that internal hate came on was going through what I went through there. Uh, you know, uh, and, uh, the, the first time I went into the halls was at 12 years old mm-hmm. and in juvenile hall, they strip you down and spray you with lice spray. And, you know, you got a, a old fat pig staring at you as you're drenched in this spray for 25 minutes, shivering cold. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was 12 years old when I went through that. Like and, an animal. And, like an animal. And and from that point forward, I was full of hate, you know, mm-hmm. and I was full of anger. And, and, I, and, I, and I wanted to fight these pigs as much as I could, you know. And I, I was a little, I was a little crazy uh, uh, flaco loco when I was in juvenile hall bounding on the doors i was always trying to get at the pigs always fighting and but that's where it stems from it stems from that that one experience where i was just dehumanized as as a whole i didn't feel human anymore after that moment Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. wait a second so you went in and they processed you for juvenile hall the first time right right okay and you're saying like up until then you'd never really experienced anything like this before which is, I mean, I, I had been experiencing it just growing up in the different v- neighborhoods that I was, you know, but that moment right there changed me as a person, as, right. a, as, a, as, a, as, as a young kid. So I didn't see the rule the same after that. Right. So you go there and this entry process, right? Right. They got to de-louse you. Yep. Okay. And so there's this pig he's like 40 years old overweight and his job is to make you strip right and you feel at that point in time like like and he's watching you and right. there's nothing you can do about sickening. it sickening yeah for sure what do you think he was enjoying it he was yeah yeah I, there's no other way to put it fuck yeah. man staring at me turned me around made me face the other way and just watched me as i stood there with this light spray for 25 minutes 30 minutes and then told me to hop into a cold shower i didn't even get a hot shower that that moment right there so, like when i reflect on my life yeah. like that was a changing point in my life at 12 years old and because so so you're talking about the fork in the road Right, Steve? Mm-hmm. And that 12 years old is somewhere around that time where somebody starts to make a decision like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go follow maybe the righteous. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting because Flacco's saying that he's putting on a dehumanizing, this began kind of around that time. Right. I want to know about, because it's obvious that there was some type of dehumanizing that started prior to that. Right. Yeah. When I to, was a kid. So, you know, you know, you stab, right. you stab somebody. Right. There's already some dehumanizing right. that has to go yeah, on in right. order for, for you to sure. come to that point. The reason why I'm mm. starting to kind of like center in on this, because number one, Flacco identifies this. He's like, man, this is kind of like where I want to get at these pigs. Absolutely. That's right. what that sounds like. Right. <laughs> and he's identifies, and you're right. There's a process going on before that, but there was something f- so primal and visceral about the aspect of Flacco saying, like, and I think it might be because he had zero power at that moment. Right. He was completely at the mercy of this authority figure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and being clothed is like maybe one of the final protections you've got to not feel vulnerable. I'm going to have, I still can put my shirt and clothes. You can't see everything on me. Mm-hmm. And this guy... Right, took his time, broke him off of, of what he was wearing, put chemical, high chemicals sprayed on him, and sent him in the cold shower. And Flacco's saying, like, at that moment, 
I was totally powerless. I had no, I couldn't. There was nothing I could do. At the, mm. I had to do what the guy wanted me to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yo, definitely. And that just stuck with you. And it stuck with me. Yeah, you know. And uh, and I, I was in there for three, four years, and I ended up uh, I ended up getting out like damn shit from twelve to like I didn't get out to like I was like sixteen and a half, seventeen almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, but they moved me around to different facilities. Mm -hmm. um, I went to St. Anthony. Um, I went to the Idaho Youth Ranch and I had to work in this ranch, mm -hmm. uh, bucking hay and, and cleaning horse crap all day long. Mm -hmm. um, was forced to do all this work that, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a little youngster, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I ended up uh, escaping. I ended up going on the run from this Idaho Youth Ranch. I ended up breaking out and I ended up uh, how did you, still- How did uh, you break out? They had had wires on the windows and uh every sunday they would let us open up the windows they had the alarm mm -hmm. and i was crafty i was smart you know from a kid when i was a youngster like i you know i grew up in apartments we moved around all the time because my dad was a hustler my dad was slanging my my uncles were slanging but my dad was also into concrete so mm -hmm. he he ran concrete businesses and they would you know wash that boom 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 you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. so my family was we were moving and grooving a lot you know so when i was a kid at a young age they told my mom i had ADHD at six they put me on all these medications I became this guinea pig so you're right the dehumanization was taking place at the age of six years old because they was telling me that I was ADHD and that I needed drugs oh, wait a second in order to who, who told you you were the, the schools the schools that I was going to was telling my mom that I needed to go to these therapists because I, I wasn't sitting still in class or I wasn't doing the work I was you know drawing or I what was, was the real reason that you were distracted I mean, honestly, when I try to reflect back to that, I, I just feel I just had a bunch of energy and I and, and I was bored on the curriculum that they were giving me because mm -hmm. I was just I was just really I was really already advanced in my mind a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. I'd been exposed to so much, you know, that I was just advanced. I was more when you say exposed to so much. Like, what do you mean? Like drugs, uh pfft. You know, what about emotionally? Like, how were you feeling emotionally? Emotionally, I would say. I, I was feeling like I I, di I didn't belong because I had blonde hair, blue eyes, and I'm I'm in a I'm in a all Mexican family, and you know my cousins would tell me I'm the mailman kid. Mm -hmm. I had to fight harder, you know. I I I felt like I felt like an outcast all the way around, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And 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 so I had a lot of shit going on internally, like with my with the way I looked and yeah. then what I was going through with my pops. You know, you what felt saying? like your outside didn't match your inside. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and so. They, this, uh, this That's so crazy to me. See, is there any wonder in your mind, right, mm -hmm. that a six-year-old, just given what Flacco's just described, is there any wonder in your mind why a six-year-old can't sit still and do the assignment? Well, no, there's no wonder. Right. Giving his, you know, just the moving around a lot when you're right. young. Right. When you have to pick right. up and reestablish right. and remove, there takes a lot of things that you have to learn and assimilate right. in order to pick up and move. For an adult, they, it's even traumatic for adults to pick up and move all over the place. Right. I, but for a child, they've got to re-simulate to their surroundings. They've got to refigure it out. Make new, new friends, friends right. new school, new, new rules, new unspoken rules. So that, rules. along right. with a lot of like illegal activities right. going on, money, cash, drugs, this and that, probably addiction, some yeah, active alcoholism definitely. in there. So these things, by the time you're sitting down six. with other six-year-olds right. who have probably been sheltered. Same house right. for like six years. Right. And not, you know, like stability. they're kind of like, 
they haven't had to advance right. as quickly as you have. They haven't had to mature probably in some ways. And that shit just seems really slow when you get put sat down in that class, just, I would imagine. Yeah, just like, what? I can't. Not just that, but mm. if you think about, like, if you're six and you're moving around like you're saying, you don't have all of the words and tools to deal with the conflicting emotions you got inside. You're, sure. you, you, you look white, but you're really in a Mexican family, and you've paid the, you've paid the dues that a normal Latin person will pay. Like, it's not mm. like... Flago is saying like, yeah, my life was peaches and cream. No, I had to come up hard. I had to fight. My dad was like, construction, da, 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 concrete, blah, 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 apartment buildings. So he's paying the same dues, but he's still not getting the recognition from his the, the people that he considers himself. Mm-hmm. But he's six. So you're not, when you're six, you got the anger. You got the excitement, you got the, but you don't have any, you don't have all the tools yet to kind of like organize all that process and figure it out. So then they sit you down and say like, okay, here's the alphabet. You need to copy A over 10 times. Here's six oranges and two apples. And you're you're like, what the fuck fuck are you talking about? So then what do they do? What do they do? I give them drugs. Right. Think about that. Would you ever feel comfortable giving a six-year-old drugs? And the shit they were giving you? Ritalin, I already know what they were giving what you. What did they give you? They what? gave me Ritalin, which is uh, a low doses of methamphetamine. Right. And then they told my mom, well, because I kept exploding, throwing chairs. Now I'm acting crazy. Now I'm mm-hmm. I'm in school and I, I'm, you know, a kid looks at me wrong i'm flipping the desk mm. over and i'm trying to beat his ass yeah you know what i'm saying uh uh i remember my teacher's trying to force me to take a test and i ended up stabbing him in the leg with a pencil like these mm. drugs started to you know make me act crazy and they then so they were like fuel on the right fire. so then they then they got prozac so now prozac's a new drug so every new fucking drug that came out they, they started you? giving them to me they were like i was a te- i was a test subject now for the pharmaceutical industry how many different drugs you think man, you went through between man, six homie, and, and ten I, I say between six and ten, I went through like probably 12, 15 different drugs, Think different medications. That. That's crazy. They don't yeah, even bro. know what. Listen, and then he, when I got into juvenile hall, they started giving me different drugs and all these other drugs sure. because of what the fuck I was going already taking in school. You know what I'm saying? You know, Think about this. These fucking pharmaceutical companies do not really know and have not done long enough trials to, to understand know what the long-lasting effect Prozac's going to do to yeah. uh, like a, a, a prepubescent boy's testosterone levels. Right. They don't know. Yeah, they don't. And, and you, they're like because they're not testing and, it on kids either. They're just no, they're kids. just like whatever. And by the way, you work in the recovery business before. I've worked in recovery business before. I don't know if you've met these psychiatrists that are able to prescribe drugs or these psychologists or these therapists, but the ones that I've met, and I'm talking about Malibu, so we're talking about big cashish. These guys are about as crooked as a fucking hockey stick. They're willing to just write whatever, and I've met some top doctor's children, and their children are fucked up. Psychiatrists, psychologists, not all of them, okay, so don't write me and get all fucking crazy, but a lot of the ones that I've met are screwed up. Are fucked up kids. Yeah. And now that that guy's going like to Flago, he's like, hey, Flago, why don't we, let's see, what, you know what? Why don't we give you some Prozac? It's interesting because I, I, I would say about a third of the people that I've worked with and been clients with yeah. in these tre- that are really fucked up people, like myself. <laughs> a third of them would tell me, yeah, my dad's a psychologist. That both parents would be therapists and psychologists. Right. It's crazy. Right, so right. go, well, go yeah, figure. Because you know, you've heard that like the the doctor's worst patients or whatever are his own family. It's like he does that for a living 
Then when the doctor, like a medical doctor comes home and somebody's got like a, a cut or whatever, they don't take it seriously because they've been dealing with other shit. <laughs> so you get that. You get that like fatigue. So that's right. fucked up, Flago. Yeah, so, so, uh, so at ever, seven. When you were cleaning out these animal stables and stuff like that at that, at that age, did you... Did you identify with animals? Did you think to yourself, like, man, these fucking horses and fucking cows? That's what, I mean, that's what I felt. I felt like a damn animal. You right. know what I'm saying? Because I've been caged and I've been moved around to different cages. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember when they transferred me uh, to St. Anthony, they had put me in shackles. And, and I remember I got off. And I'm, 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 I'm 12, year, 12 and a half years old. You know what I'm saying? I got off at a rest area to take a piss in these chaperone pigs grab me and I'm, tw- I'm skinny like I, I'm sucked up little boy you know what I'm saying been in the halls you know for months you know pale probably looking and everyone looked at me like I was just some like animal demon they just all paused and looked at me and I was like what the fuck's everyone staring at me for you mm-hmm. know and but now that I reflect back like I'm like damn like I can't imagine what they looked at some innocent little uh, 12 year old looking kid cuffed up and shackled being brought into a like rest Hannibal area Lecter. like Hannibal Lecter yeah mm-hmm. straight up, mm-hmm. fucked mm-hmm. up. and mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know it, it, from there like I, I, I was fucked up you know like I, I was I, I, I felt you know like I didn't belong you know I felt like I had to prove myself um, American me and blood blood in blood out came out then I found my I was a that's I'm miglo I'm 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 wero, you know what I'm saying like right. like that's me right there so I started getting down for for the hood I, I got my first tattoos at a young at like nine ten years old I had tattoos on my chest I was one of the only kids that take my shirt off with tattoos like I found my I found what I thought was me you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and and that was who I was supposed do you to be. feel like those films at that age films like that you found yourself glorifying uh, this lifestyle? I mean, not necessarily glorifying the lifestyle. It, it was, the, the films were glorifying the lifestyle and, and were like almost like uh, what they say uh, a Top Gun was for the Navy and for the military. Mm-hmm. It, was like, uh, it was like their biggest uh, advertising, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I felt like these were like showing us what the, what the hood and what was going on around us was, was like in a way, mm-hmm. but in a way it was glorifying it to us for us to wa- look at Menace to Society, look at uh, b- Boys in the Hood, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What followed that was a bunch of people were like, damn, that's, that's me, I can right. relate to Absolutely. that. Like, I want to get down for the hood, I want to be down for this right. you know what i'm saying and right. and and even uh what, what was that one deuce i think yeah. uh 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 i forget the name of that one but deuce was like you know what i'm saying that everyone was you know running around the hoods like oh you know like so these things were really affecting us at that time and and what followed was mass incarceration now that i'm studying i get this shit now I'm I'm woke to what the fuck was taking place back then, you know? Mm-hmm. One, they were giving me a bunch of drugs, so they turned me into a drug addict at the age of six years old. It, it was state instituted. It wasn't it wasn't me choosing to do drugs. They told me I needed fucking drugs to be mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. And you know, so at the age of twelve, I'm locked up because I I'm thinking I, I gotta be this hardcore fucking gangster flacco from South Samanabello gang and I gotta rep this set like you know that that was what I felt was all I all I was uh, uh, supposed to be doing you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying as a blonde haired blue eyed Mexicano mm-hmm. from the hood you know and 12 I'm 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 incarcerated now and then I I could never break out of it and when I came home I, you know my mom and dad are divorced I'm, I'm I'm my mom's working two jobs she's a uh, uh, working at a store and a bartender so I'm all alone 
you know, and I just came from the halls and I came from being locked up and now I'm alone at home. And, and where's home at at this uh, time after you get so out? So when I got out, my mom was living in Montana mm-hmm. and I'm coming out of out of YA, out of juvenile hall, you know what I'm saying? And they 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 put me on an airplane. I remember when they let me out. They here you you're 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 free. And I was like, what do you mean? Like you know where, where the fuck am I going? Hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So <clears throat> they let you out. Do they give you any money? No money. No, they they they. My mom had to pay for the flight, and they put me on an airport, and I had a chaperone that took me to the uh, flight, and they flew me up up How to Montana. How old are you? I'm like 16 and a half. Yeah. And you're 16 and a half, you're at this airport, you're going to get flown up to Man- Montana, and when you get on the plane, I mean, do, or, do they ask you what you want to eat? And are you nah, tripping? Nah, I mean, they just give me a little tray on the plane and are shit. Are you tripping? Huh? I'm tripping. I'm like, where the fuck am I going? Like, you know, I knew I was going to my mom, my dad's down here in Diego, and Cedro, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and But I'm, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Like, I, I'm... And and when I get there, I'm different, you know. So I'm I'm not, I'm a I'm a I'm a sureño. I'm a I'm a cholo. Like, dude, had they ever seen anybody never, like you in Montana? Never, never. Can you imagine people never. in Montana <laughs> looking? They must have really thought so, something was wrong with this yeah, guy. Yeah. They, and and that was what that was one thing that happened to me when I first went up up north to visit my aunt and be like with my moms and shit. Uh, they didn't understand me. So the reason why dude got poked when I was a kid and I got locked up was because he called me a wigger. And I'm, I'm not a fucking wigger. What the fuck? Like, don't get at me like that. Like, mm. like, oh, yeah. Nah, I'm a homie, dog. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cholo, dog. Don't get at me like that, boom. Mm. And these are older kids, you know, seniors, and they're trying to get at me. And I ended up poking one. I ended up, you he know. Learned I, that yeah, guy he learned, learned a lesson. Yeah, he learned a lesson. Yeah, I took, I got him like six times and, 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 and went through the court system and all that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and after that, it was. Man, I hadn't heard the term wigger in a long ass time. You see what I'm saying, though? That's, yeah, that's, that's you know. That's old. Yeah, oh, but that was what they were, that's how they were getting at me, you know? Like, I was misunderstood. Totally. And, and I've been misunderstood since I was a, a youngster. Nobody yeah, but under- the categories that society is living by, they don't. They they didn't make a space for you, right? They came up with these categories, right? Categories that we're still fighting today. Today, today, look at I what's mean, going on. Yeah, what do you think about what's going on right now with the protests? Right now, like I'm, I mean, for the first time in my life, I got to see a fucking police station get burned down live on TV. I was so fucking happy. I just turned to, uh, 37 on June 1st. Yeah. And that was my birthday present. Mm. I was fucking mm. happy. I was like, all the humiliation, all the dehumanization, all the times they pulled me over and curbed me and sat me there for two, three hours. And you know what I'm saying? All the shit I went through. Finally. 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 It caught up to it him. It caught up to him. Yeah. You know? Finally, and, somebody's getting it. Hey, right. you know, let me ask you another question. When. How many times have you tried to talk to so-called normal people and explain to them, like, yes, I did do some bad things in my life, but let me explain something to you. The cops are real fucked up. And how many times did those people look at you and go, yeah, of course you're going to say that because look at you. Right, right. You're on the wrong side. Man, I'm in college now, and I'm, I say this shit all day long at college, and they, and they have something to say about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, yeah. they you know, like they- They're like, yeah, of course you think that. You're right, good. But right. if you just follow the you're law- part of the problem. Right, right. But, right. but now they got to see. see. Now they yeah, have to see. Yeah, Definitely. That the type of personality mentality it takes to be a cop attracts a certain kind of individual. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yup. And just because you have light skin didn't mean that they treated you with more respect. Right. 
Is that true? I never got, I got treated like shit. I never got more respect from any of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like more disrespect, you know? I remember when I first went into Donovan, uh, my, the, now I'm in prison. You know what I'm saying? After going through YA and all that bullshit, yeah. now I'm, I get out. I don't feel like I belong. And right away I learn that Montana, you can make hella money. Everyone up there is getting high. So I'm, I turn, I start hustling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's worth more money up there. Like, you know, 120 a gram for crystal meth. Like you're selling eight balls for 420. So I right. was, I was turning money in and, and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and everyone was strung out up there. And, but then I started getting strung out to like, cause I felt like I didn't belong. So of course I started getting high and, and I, I, I went on a sick one and I started jacking and, and the next thing you know, I'm I'm flock local going crazy, just you know jacking, uh, doing whatever's, just running the muck. You know what I'm saying? And, right. And uh, and and then I got I got uh, busted, and I was looking at a life sentence. You know what I'm saying? They were trying to get me for uh, uh, they got me for carjacking, attempted extortion. The what, FBI what, what, showed what, what, up. What, where's is that? This what? is in San Diego. Okay, this yeah, is San, San Diego. Diego you yo, catch these cases. I case? catch this case. Yeah, they're trying to get me for bank robbery. Um, they're trying to get me for a, a, a bunch of store robberies that took place, you know what I'm saying? Armed robberies and, 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 and I'm, 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 I have no crimes. I learned at a young age, you know what I'm saying? You don't fuck with anybody else. You know what I'm saying? You just, you, you do shit. Cause if uh, no one else knows, knows, you know what I'm saying? They only know what, like, like, alone. like my old, my, my OG homie told me, like, they only know what you tell them, flacco. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I always I always kept that close. You know, there's a lot of things that were said to me growing up that I kept close to me. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I moved and operated, you know? And uh, so I was on a sick one. And, and next thing I know, it all caves in on me. Um, I, I was sloppy because I was on a sick one. I, I wasn't right. I wasn't thinking correctly. Sure. So they caught me on some sloppiness. You know, I had a, I had like probably like 26 IDs. And I had like forty six credit cards. Crystal had, meth will get you yeah, uh, sloppy. Yeah, yeah, sloppy yeah. as fuck, you know. And uh, and I had a ton of cell phones in my car. I had like twenty six cell phones, and they ended up pulling me over and caught me with a thirty eight special. Um, and they got me, you know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, they try to come in and try to get at me about some bank robbery. I don't know nothing about, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know. They, the, whoever did it had ski masks, so they couldn't, they couldn't say it was me, but they, they, you know, the, the store robberies that were taking place, I don't know what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I ended up catching, uh, uh, five years, uh, for the carjacking mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and they gave me carjacking and attempted extortion. And, uh, and, and honestly, I could have got off, you know, and, uh, the OG homie was telling me shadow from, uh, Logan was telling me like, Hey, Flacco, don't take the first deal, homie. Like, you know, so they try to give me 12 years with 85%, which gives you 15% good time. And, and I told him Charlie and I went back to my cell, but they're waking us up at like three in the morning and putting us in the cold ass fucking tank and then you got to go to the courthouse and the courthouse is freezing fucking yeah, cold. Yeah, it's all the psychology, it's all psychology for you right. to take the deal. Right, take right. It. Yeah, yeah, of course. To take the deal. So they so, make it as uncomfortable, uh, uh, uncomfortable as, possible, as possible so you can't right. wait them out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and so that, and, that goes on. We talk about it a lot. Yeah, on yeah. And, and and so the next thing I know, they they come they come with six years with eighty five. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. Like, I, I'm, I'm strung out on crystal. I'm like, I need to, I need to kick it. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, I need right. to kick it. Like, so I, I need a up, break. I ended up signing the deal mm -hmm. and uh, I took the deal and they sent me upstate and uh, I ended up in Donovan 
And like I said, my my first week there, you know, I've never been to the joint. I've been to YA and I'm a, I'm a juvenile baby, you know what I'm saying? But like, but the joint, I've only been to county jail. I have never, I never experienced the joint. So oh. this is a whole new world, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and right. And I'm blonde hair, blue eye. I didn't have all the tattoos at the time. I only had like a, a fucked up one on my chest. One of the homies did all twacked out, you know what uh-huh, I'm saying? And, uh-huh. and then I had the two from when I was a little youngster, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, you know, I, I stood out, you know? And so the homies was like, Hey, uh, right when you get in, they strip you down again. So I was used to that because of juvenile hall, you know, they stripped us down, made us all stand in a line next to each other, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sat us in a cell, all butt ass naked with a bunch of grown men, yeah. dehumanizing, dehumanize the shit out of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then from there, uh, they, they say they say, what's your ethnicity? Uh, you know, and in that moment, you, you know, I. There's a choice, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you white, you you uh, uh, black, or you Asian, or hey, you Mexican. Happens, wait, 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 wait. Okay, but what happens if? Now I know they're gonna make you make a choice, right? What choice did you make? I'm Chicano. I'm I'm Mexican. Okay, yeah, Mexican. But what happens if you're a white dude and they ask you and you go, ah, I'm black? Are they, they gonna let that they, roll? Yeah, they yeah, let it roll. Bro. They're blacks. There's they white crips. Let, yeah, you go with the crips. You tell them which faction you run with. I've yeah. seen white crips. I've seen white bloods, and they Have sell up. Have you ever seen black woods? I, I've seen. I, no, I've never seen a black. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. Yeah, I can't I say that either. Too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happens if you're right, black right. and you yeah. tell them, "Look, man, I'm uh, white. white." Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Down with the Aryan. Right. Nation. Well, right. they would. They would. They would. They would. That's where they'd put you. Yeah, they, that's you where they're gonna put yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because when, when, as I go through the system, and yeah. I went through the system, and but when you get to state prison, you get to state prison. It's a yeah. whole new thing. It is. And even though you're. You got a. I had a file, a gang file, a validated gang member, this and that. Right. So I get to the joint, but when you go through reception, I'm fucking Caucasian, so they have me listed. I'm an Italian Jew. Right. So you're going through it, and when it gets the final processing, they're like, "All right, so the, the I remember the fucking CO's like, so you're 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 Italian, you're white." I go, "Yeah," but he goes, "Okay, so you you want to sell up or you want to be housed with whites?" I go, "No, I'm a Southerner." No, it can only be housed with Southerners. And boom, right there, bam. And from that point on, I never had to, I was I was only with my people. Right, that right. Whole time. And that's you how know? it was for me. Yeah, you know? so you be Caucasian. Right. That's your, your race that you are. Right. right. But when it goes to uh, placing you where you're going to go, yeah. they're going to ask you again. So are you white or are you? There's something, yeah. you know, and so you know they saw everything on me. They're like, "So you're white? You can be housed with white?" I'm like, "No, nah, man, I'm a southerner, man. I could be I only. I can only be housed with southerners." So, boom, so, so, so wait a second. So, so when they asked you, right? You they called I- me a white skin. They're like, "You're a confused white skin." And they started putting me down right away. And I wanted to take flight right there when, when I was disrespected by this pig. And, uh, and I remember, and he's like, you'll be stabbed and killed in a week. The, the South Sider is going to eat you up. And I looked at him and I was like, I go, what the fuck's it to you? You know, and I went to my cell and, and that was a start. You know, this was in Donovan when Donovan was a reception just back in like 08. And, uh, and, 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 
and from there it started. You know what I'm saying? And and I remember my first week I'm watching TV and they have the day rooms open because they're piling us in. Right. This is during when the when the uh, Fed stepped in and they were telling them they were over. Uh, yeah. The- I, I went through all this shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Like and so they had them all. Everyone stuffed into this day room on bunks, three tier uh. bunks, and then they had us up in like with more violent offenses or whatever up in the up in the uh, the cells, right? Yeah. And I remember I'm watching the cell. I'm, I'm watching TV out the cell, and I remember the homies went and they congregated. And next thing I know, poof, and I see it. And this is my first time seeing somebody get stuck in the neck. You know what I'm saying? In, in the joint, and and they start just getting them, ba ba, knifing the boy down. And then, and I'm, I've been talking to the homie in the vent downstairs, right? And they all dispersed and went that way. And uh, and and so you know, next thing you know, dude's blood squirting and he's running. And he collapses. They hit the button and everyone got away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, two days later, dude in the vent that I'm talking to, he goes. We go out for breakfast, and dude sits down and and he and and I'm like, what the fuck? And he doesn't come back to his cell. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? What happened with the homie? Mm-hmm. So I tell his cellie like, hey, what the fuck, dog? Like, what happened with the homie? You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was like, dude, checked out. I was what the fuck is checkout mean? Like, you, you know what the fuck's that mean, right? I didn't understand this shit. I was, this was new to me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's a whole new, uh, uh, it wasn't like the halls or YA or any of that shit. Different this is, vernacular. This is a whole different, different thing, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. so I'm walking around like, damn, I was cool with homie. Like, I thought it was like down. I thought he was with the business. Like, he checked out. What the fuck's that, right? And this yeah. is the first time I ever seen somebody go in the PC. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what's this about? You know? Right. Like, like, and then... Uh, Protective custody. Yeah, yeah. Went to yeah. S&Y and I was like, man, that's a motherfucking bitch, dog. Like, I've been talking to a boy. He's talking all this mess. Like, I'm with the business. Woo. And you're going to check out just because you saw somebody get get got you know come to find out it was some other shit behind it but whatever's right you know but but, but so 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 if i understand you're saying like look they had us all in a big tank right because fucking shit was too crowded already right yes. right i'm there and you said like all of a sudden some shit popped off right it's the first time i've seen it and it was real it ain't no fucking right. hollywood shit ain't no hollywood no shit. fucking blood shooting out of right. an aorta right right yeah and aorta aorta and i'm moving in and it's uh, all of a sudden one of the guys I was talking to who was talking mad shit, right? Like he had fucking big balls, right? Right. Was all of a sudden gone, gone in protective in custody, protective custody because he got scared. He got scared straight God up. Damn. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. So you were learning how but, how how things work. You were learning right, the lingo, yeah, the politics. Yeah, yeah. And, you without, know, without, yeah. without, without, and, without without getting too uh, you know say it how you need to say it, but like. What's the first time? So you're if somebody's like sitting there, right? And it, there's no warning when some shit's about to pop off, right? Like no, you don't know. None, none. I've been through riots. I went through it all. I'm gonna get into this shit because you know what I'm saying. It, it, like, there's no warning. I mean, like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You know. And come to find out, dude was a snitch. You know what I'm saying? Dude was a snitch on the on the streets and and reception. You know, they're they're they're. They're checking, making sure, like, you know, they ain't going to just let anybody walk around us. We got values. We got, right. you know, like, we ain't going to just let anybody that chose to go talk to the pigs, like, be around us. Like, right. like why do we want that around our energy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck all that. Because like, they know what's going to happen to Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer if we put him in general pot. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so you know, it happened and, uh, and dude checked in and, and, uh, and it was my first time dealing with that, you yeah. know, and a couple weeks after that, you know, uh, 
somebody had was supposed to you know and this is when i went on my on my my mission you know what i'm saying and and uh and i ended up getting away with this mission but we we ended up taking some fool out from west Pomona that had an r in his jacket and now i'm learning the ropes you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you know he had an r and he was saying he had he had something that you know he didn't have and and when it came back and it checked out he didn't have what he was saying he had to be there like you know he got god and i was the one that got him and uh what's and an r on the jacket it can that, be a rape, rape. yeah yeah he was a sexual could be a number yeah. of number of things yeah but an yeah. r just means like you're wearing a jacket that's no good no right. something, yeah. something 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 ain't right and they you know so and but, but but when they when they when they when they're putting dudes like that into certain situations, the pigs, right? To use your your term, although my wife's a vegan, she'd be against that because she says pigs are intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so she's slobs, whatever you want to call them, right? Assholes. Then they kind of know, right? Not always. There's situations where they'll certainly set somebody up and right. put them in that situation right. so that they get handled. Somebody told us somebody told us um I think it was Diablo told us that he was in a situation where a guy came in yeah, and the and cops then, and kinda, the cops brought the newspaper yeah, about dropped the charges it on the thing, and then right. they couldn't find that Different guy. Different ways that it goes down. I mean I, certainly they, f- they can just lean into somebody's ear and be like right. hey that dude's a fucking molester. You know whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> I think that happens, but there's also dudes that think they're slick. Yeah, they think they're and slick. And they think yeah. that their history isn't going to catch up with them or they've got it figured out or they're going to get a chance to explain it or they right. like and so right. they're trying to slip and slide and they like got some dirt over here, they got trash behind them from this yard, from this joint and they're traveling around thinking it's not going to catch up to them. Right. And it sounds more like this dude thought he could he could do slide that. in. Yeah, slide in. And yep. then they, you know, there's paperwork right. and some people are real intent on finding taking a real good look at that paperwork. Yep. How do you get a look at someone's paperwork from that side? Oh, you request it. Yeah, they, right you, away. you you have it. it when you're traveling around. You keep your 128. You keep your yep. like. You keep your keep documents. Your documents. Yeah, but yep. I mean the the, the enforcement, the enforcement, uh, uh, the groups. Uh, how does that paperwork? How does somebody? You else, walk into a cell, and and you tell your celly. Boom, let me see your paperwork. The first thing you read when you walk in a cell is somebody's paperwork, and you understand everything that they're there like you you examine who you're with now because this is your partner you know what i'm saying like your celly's your partner yeah you know so you hand your paperwork over yeah and you grab theirs and you look at them now now you study your partner this is now right. your partner like you hit the yard the, something cracks you look for your celly you're gonna go next to your celly and you're gonna fight to your death right next to your celly you know what i'm saying like, yeah and then you study because your celly is a reflection of you you know and i didn't learn all this until i started climbing through you know what i'm saying and, and yeah. actually it was taught to me by by a good homie from the boys and i was his celly in ironwood so now they transfer me to ironwood yeah and i'm with i'm with the homie and, and he's humiliating me but he's humiliating me to teach me because now i'm learning respect i had no fucking respect I didn't have respect. I didn't have respect for myself before I entered prison because I was a dope fiend. I was strung out. I didn't give a fuck about the world. I didn't give a fuck about anything in it. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't, I didn't even stop. I was selfish and I had no respect. And where I learned respect was prison. Yeah. And it was, it was on, on these yards that taught me about respect in the next person. This is where I started to learn it's not about me. Let me it's ask about you the next person. Humiliation. So this is interesting because a lot of times... Uh, Humiliation has a negative um, connotation, right? But like you're not gonna, but you're you're suggesting here that there is a way, right? That humiliation 
does work in terms of teaching you something. Yeah, definitely. I, so, I was, so give me some examples. I was a dirtbag. Like, I didn't. I didn't clean well, up after myself. I would. I would forget to wipe the sink. When you're in a confined space, that matters. That matters. Yeah. You want to be clean. And right. I had this this street mentality of of being just dirty. I didn't. I didn't. I you know. And my and my celly at the time in Ironwood was like, nah, that's not gonna. That's not gonna fly, Flacco. You ain't gonna leave some fucking crumbs right there. Like what the fuck, homie? Like take pride. Take pride in in, in, in in your area. Take pride in yourself. Take pride in your people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so that that was it. Like, you know, like, clean your fucking cell. Like, flock, and he would get at me. Like, flock, what the fuck, dog? Like, how many times am I going to tell you, wipe the fucking sink out, homie? Like, come on, dog. It's not hard, dog. The rag's right there. But this humiliation helped me grow and mature as a man. And but start no to one understand. taught you that. Nobody taught me that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- this was taught to me by homies when I got inside. You know, nobody taught me this. That's this, fascinating. How long you know? did it take you before it became an actual natural part of your... Man, it was right after he did it, probably the third time, and he got crazy with me. And, like, we was about to get it up, and I didn't want to get it up because I had so much respect and love for him. Yeah. You know? And he was like, look, Flacco, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the next homie you're going to be with. And when he said this to me, that it's not about us today. It's about the next person tomorrow. And I'm just setting him up. Because if you tell him you were my fucking Sully, and I didn't teach you this shit, it's a reflection of me. And I had so much respect in that moment. I had so much respect for him. And and after that, I had so much respect not only for myself and and taking pride in just myself as a person and as 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 a human you know as a, as a man you know yeah. um i had i i was all about the next person i started to think about the next person and but it took that humiliate that humiliation that humility to to humble me right. and understand it you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and uh, and he taught me a lot and and when i got into ironwood I didn't like all these people PCing up. I didn't like all this protective because it, it wasn't about that. It was about making homies, not breaking homies. But right. all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these homies get broke and, and, they're, and they're going to this side that is, is you're a cops. You're with the pigs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and uh, so, you know, in Ironwood, um, I dealt with the little situation where uh, they asked me, you know, hey, we need something. And I'm like, what is that? And they was like, look, you know, and, and my celly at the time was like, fuck that. Tell him to roll with you, you know, and uh, and he was mad. He was like, Nah, Flacco, fuck that, homie. Don't go out there. But that's bullshit that they're even asking you, homie. This this guy was a snitch, and and they ended up dropping some paperwork on him in another yard, and it got to our yard, and that he had to go, and he was setting homies up. Now this is what these snitches are doing in prison. Mm. They're setting homies up, giving them knives, going and telling on them. They're running up in the cell. These people are catching ad cases. Mm-hmm. They're, they're involved in the mix, and they know who's bringing in drugs, which family members are bringing them in, mm-hmm. and they tell IGI rushes them that, that weekend, and they're getting busted. They're, it's a scam. They're setting up homies to get in-house cases for the district attorneys. The mm-hmm. district attorneys depend on these in-house cases to exist on, and, and they get funding for it. So right. we're, they're turning 
uh, motherfuckers laming out and turning and giving them package or whatever the fuck they right. give them yeah. to, to become a, a snitch, a yard snitch. Yeah. And, and they're setting all these homies up and fucking them over. And that's right. what this fool would have been doing. And still to stay on pissed because as it coming as a gangster, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and we got a, uh, we've, we got a snitch on our hands. Right. Like, you know, all gangsters know what got to happen in that moment. Right. Mm. But instead they came to me, they came to another white homie. And we were all short to the pad, and they came to another homie. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and and he had a year to the pad, and uh, and they were like, "Look, we need you guys to take instead of two solid, you know, with the cause or three solid with the cause lifers going and taking care of this shit that was on our yard that was setting homies up. And there's homies that got life sentences mm-hmm. over the shit this this uh, motherfucker set them up for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They got three strikes on having a, a fiero in their cell. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers got a gang of ad charges from this fucking confidential informant that was on this yard in Ironwood. Mm-hmm. And we had them and they sent us. And I went out there and I was just like, fuck, I'm gonna handle this fool. And I ended up fucking smoking that fool. I wouldn't, sm- I smashed his head in. I got to boot him in the face and I stomped him out and I, I wanted him dead. Like, I had my mind made up. This is me now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, I fucking obliterated this cat. And uh, and and he they ended up life flighting him. He had to get seventeen staples in his head. Yeah. And uh, and 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 he you know he got got. But the 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 thing that should have happened was he should have not ever been able to see you know another day. You know what I'm saying? But, but did they bust you for that? Yeah, I caught more time. Okay. But since I'm like, sometimes we got dudes on here talking so, and we got to make sure that you don't. Yeah. But you can talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I got, I got, I got, God, I got more time for this. Yeah. I got an ad trial. It was an attempted murder um, at first. Um, but they, they knew that they, they dropped the paperwork. They right. dropped it. You right. know what I'm saying? So it they was, put it was, him they in put the line him of in, in, Yeah. Knowing. Knowing. You know what I'm saying? And, and that bit, but, but. You know, dude. Uh, let's get real. Let's just yeah. Let's get down this to shit it. is real. I'm no, no, no. Let's get real. You know? So, like, when this is going down, right? And they got this dude here, and this mm. thing's about to pop off, right? Like, friend, you you know what to go. Do you have to like? Is it an instant snapping thing in you where you're like, oh, it? I you don't have to work yourself up to it, or do you got to work yourself up to what um, the mission is? Honestly, like, nah. It, it, like, it's like this internal. You know what I'm saying? Like this internal, like, uh, I, I, it's like a warrior, like, yeah. you know, spirit that's just in me. You know what I'm saying? And, and is it always yeah. in you? Hey, I mean, it's not always in Damn. you, you know? It, it, <laughs> like backed up it, on the it, it can be turned on, but now now I'm in a place in yeah. my mind where I control it. Yeah, Back but I'm, in the I'm, day, not, I'm, not, right. I'm not trying to say like, oh, you're crazy. Right. I, I'm really trying to get to understand because you got a lot of people, a lot of guys, some women, maybe. Mostly it's guys, right? They imagine all this shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. They're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And right. And they're going to stab this fool. Or they out in the street talking to big one. Or right. Facebook tough guy. All that shit. So a lot of times I really want to understand for reals. Right. Like, what's it really take? You t- you know, like, what? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you're going to get that answer from one person. Bro, well, that's I why mean, I ask a lot of people. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, I'm trying to understand from him, like... Is there a coiled spring? Does it, does so, he does he get like like does it flash through your mind like oh uh, this guy's a human and maybe I shouldn't or is it like nah he's a piece of, this is going down? I mean honestly, when I reflect back on that experience right yeah. there, that situation, I was sick of what the fuck I was seeing going on. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I was pissed. Like homies are PCing up. Like there's people around me down the way. They're they're putting us on lockdown, coming in, taking them out, and then come to find out, uh, 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 he ain't with us no more. So he's polluting and poisoning the whole situation. You know what I'm saying? Like so, and then to have that. So in that situation, I was like, look, I want I want to go in at the time. uh, Rest in peace, the homie Chuko from VSL. He was my he was my yard dog, and that was my yard homie, and we rolled together. And uh, and when Chuko had heard. You know that you know I stepped up. You know and was gonna. He was like, "Hey, Flacco, just get to the level four. Get to the level four. The level four is different, homie. And and the level three was it was messy. It was you know they pinning against homies pinning against each other. Power struggle. It was nasty, homie. Just it was sloppy. sloppy. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you know uh uh and 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 I didn't like. I that wasn't what it was about. That wasn't what was taught to me. It was about making homies, not breaking homies. Right. And I was seeing homies just getting broke. You know what I'm right. saying, and I didn't, I didn't respect that. That was not what I respected. In in this, you know, it was about uplifting homies, about teaching cultura, about teaching our uh, warrior spirit and understanding yeah. that warrior spirit, right? Yeah. And so this shit that was all this sloppy, messy shit that was going on around me wasn't the cause to me. You know what I'm saying? To me, that wasn't, wasn't the worth, cause. Wasn't worth it wasn't, losing your it life. Was, it right. wasn't worth the commitment. Right. It wasn't worth the fucking yeah, energy. Yeah. And so, uh, so that you know, I, that's that's when I reflect back to that. Now, in other situations, it's just something that just comes. It just comes in an instant. It's like yeah. a, it's like a, a, a an adrenaline rush. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and it's adrenaline. Just you know, it's what spikes, about the you know? other side? Like, is there a come down for you after it's all done? Like, do you ever feel like washed out? I'm a rider now. So. So now, like when I when it when it when I come down yeah. from from experiencing that yeah. rush real quick, I, I'm able to reflect back and and write it out, you know, and then I kind of understand it. That's how I'm like able to sit here and and talk about this shit because I understand it now. I understand what the fuck was going on in, sure. in, in these times. But the, but this there's a lot of homies inside that are serving life sentences that got caught with shanks in their cell yeah. that were set up. There's a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of folks, you know. I'm saying uh, a, a lot of solid individuals who were set up and that's the that's the corruption that's taking place inside these places and especially yeah, here yeah. In, in, in Cali you know it's happening outside yeah. and they're getting set up inside right. and outside and they have pure uh, uh, immunity they can do whatever the fuck they want yeah. so they're a Nah, I'm good. Thank you. They're it's allowed. interesting. Yeah. Now, it my my uh my experience was my experience is very different. I got, you know, shit was going down, and I got, you know, that that thing came to me. That job came to me, and, and I remember me and my son, and I was like, man, in my head, I'm like, man, dude, I did. And this, I, I was hoping I wasn't gonna. I was hoping we we're gonna slide through this motherfucker, and this wasn't gonna go down. Right. And I was hoping. I was thinking of my way. God damn, I was. Bummed out. But bro. what was bumming you ab- out about it? I didn't want to catch a life sentence. I didn't want right. to get strike yeah, out, man. Right. I was like, I was like, because that's what comes. A couple you. years is bad, you know. Yeah. I'm like, and, and I know, you know, whatever, man. You know, I I had it on me. I, you know, I'm that dude, you know. And it was like from the outside, I wasn't going to say nothing. You weren't going right. to know, but right. inside, I was right? Like, Fuck, you know. And it was very. 
I did have to pump myself up. You know what I'm saying? How um, do you, how, look, so how does how do you pump yourself up, Steve? Like, what's your what just do? just just bringing on the god the buckets? Start, start bringing on the, the buckets, buckets real yeah, good. Yeah, you know, like, fuck it. You just fuck you it, pump like, yourself like, up. You just got like psyched out and all that shit. Yeah. Get psyched yeah. out. I must have drank a fucking six shot of fucking soldiers. <laughs> I walked up out that cell and started punching and the wall. All, yeah, it was just like kind of like uh, yeah. when you're about to do a crime and you just go into tunnel vision, right? And you just blurt out everything, or you're going to cop or yeah. whatever it is and yeah. you're just like fuck it you just you tunnel vision the shit and just do what you got to do yeah and you know th- that was one experience there was another experience where i got disrespected by some dudes that were from up there you know yeah and and, and that was a different case right i couldn't wait to get these dudes, right you know like yeah, i was sense. all about it right yeah. the, the sentence like all that didn't matter right i was so heated and yeah, so what up it was about we're gonna get our yeah. yeah and it was like on a personal level right. you know what i'm saying but it's it's it goes down different ways, and, and I remember telling a story how man, she, I was I was I was a couple months from the pad, man. Yeah, and shit came right Fuck. up underneath the door with the wheeler, yeah. and I was like, damn, this huh. two pieces through, and I was like. Man, this yeah. I was like, I can't believe and I really bro, everything inside of me was like, <laughs> oh man. And sure enough, that next morning, when we're supposed to upon doors cracking, yeah. we're gonna get busy, right? Yeah. Man, dog, the bottom row clicked open. Shit cracked off, and that was it, dude. They locked that motherfucker down. I paroled from a lockdown yard. Yeah. Man. They locked hey. that shit down. I was like, <laughs> Hey, that's Me and my celly, and my celly, he wasn't even about trying to be like the brave guy. He was like, "All right, don't worry, do he was gonna do it." He was just panicked out. I needed to coach him. Yeah, he was yeah. panicking. Dude. All right, so what am I? <laughs> the old tough guy, right? I'm like, hey, shut the fuck up and sit down. This is how we're gonna do this shit, right? Uh, and so this motherfucker didn't sleep inside. one wink. This yeah. guy was pacing the cell the whole night, bro. So the next morning, we're all ready, you know. Just I'm like, I'm like inside. I'm just dying inside. Like, yeah. fuck me, man. Yeah. Look what I got myself into. Yeah. And shit cracked before they could even you get our get doors, doors open. And, yeah. open. Yeah. and it was like, this is the little things that later on in life, man. Right. Because I know a bunch of dudes, bro, that did a lot less bullshit than me. Yeah. That ended up, it didn't work out right, for them like that. Them. You know, I've seen dudes with yeah. three or four years catch a life, life sentence. sentence. I yeah. seen that guy. They were never, they never should have never even had to go on that right. mission. You know what right. I'm saying? 45 like days to the pad and uh, you caught a life sentence. Right, man. Yep, that type of shit. Up. And so I, I, I constantly think about these different situations and many more because those are determining factors. And I'm sure that you can attest to this, Flacco. Is that like those all happen? for a reason that put me right here today. Right. Right. Right here today. Or where you're at today. Right. And what am I doing with today? Right. I was, today's a gift and things worked out by millimeters and seconds and inches for me to be here right now. And why am I really here? So you, so, so you get through the, the prison thing. What year do you get? But uh, I want to go off on your point that you're talking Mm -hmm. about and you and Flog are talking about because then this is, I think something that should be eye opening for a lot of younger dudes and women, like really eye opening because I deal with lots of people from like every day. And one of the major themes that people are wrestling with is anxiety. That's what they're, I got anxiety. I, I got to deal with anxiety. I have a high anxiety and they see like you, Steve, or they see you Flacco or whatever. Right. And that dude that you were coaching, 
right? Because in my mind, when you were telling me this, I was thinking, man, this would be a great skit. Like, like showing what you have to do on the outside to keep control of the situation, showing that your strength kind of allows this other guy who's going to do it, but he's got a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. right? He's worried about it. What do we do? You know, and you... On the other hand, it's not like you're totally calm about it. You got your own issues to deal with. Absolutely. Right? But at the same token, you know, also know as an adult, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Yeah. Right? I can't, I mean, I, I don't have a situation where I had to go on a mission. But let me tell you something. When you're a lawyer and you got a, like, hearing coming up and your case ain't that strong mm-hmm. and you got to argue mm-hmm. and you don't know what the other side's going to say. Mm-hmm. And your client, somebody you respect and you care about what's going on with them. And I'm not saying that in like a sappy way. I'm just saying like you legit like it matters to you and you got to go in front of a judge. Like it's like a fight. You don't know what anyone's going to say at that point. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if there's going to be ever. There's a it's place inside of you that you start to fill up with like, what the fuck am I involved in? Like, I don't need to deal with this shit right now, man. I got other things. I got it. Da, 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 da. But. Right, I'm the I'm the head of my household, so I gotta do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. Right. And when yeah. I have I have my King Salmon, okay, mm-hmm. he looks at me and he thinks because I keep doing it mm-hmm. that somehow it's easy for me. Right. Or that like I'm cool with it. Uh huh. Right. But every time I want to succeed at a higher level, I become more responsible for more shit. shit. Yeah, exactly. And that pushes yeah. me into a, a discomfort. So there's never any time that I'm just coasting where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. In my mind, sometimes I think like all I have to do is figure out these couple more things, a system for this and a system for that. And then I'm cool. Right. Then right. I can fucking chill. Nothing's going to bother me. I'm going to. But that it's never like that because. I want to succeed at higher and higher levels. Right. More will be asked to those who are given more. A- a- absolutely. And, right. and it's about what you signed up for. And, right. right. And I always go back to those points in times, not where I was pumped up to do something, where it got put on me and I wasn't pumped up. Pumped up. Right. Yeah. And, and, and through the, yeah, the my, my cellies panicking or I was tripping inside yeah. and really yeah. and I couldn't let anybody see it. But inside, there's a truth. Right. Now, what that right. truth is inside is, right. one, nobody made me join a gang. Right. Nobody made me get these tattoos. Exactly. Nobody, nobody made me do this, bro. I signed up for this shit. Yeah. Right. I built this story right. of who right. I am, right? Right. And so that's- And you've gotten a lot of rewards for that. Yeah, at that time, but but yeah, even I even have to think like I was cool with we're up in the county running that motherfucker, the homies. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Cool when I get to the yard and we got yeah. the homies right. there, and you like riding all this. This all comes with a cost, right? right? And that at that moment, that cost is on me. Right. I got to pay the bill now. I got to right. pay that price for what I signed up for. Right. And that's like ultimately, like I know it sounds fucked up, but ultimately. It had to happen. Whatever was going to go down was going to go down. Right. Even if it didn't look good. Because I had signed up for this. I right. wasn't victimized by anybody. I right. signed up to be one of the fellas. And now when they asked me to do, I said, okay. Yeah, definitely. This is where I don't get a motherfucker. And we'll just, I'm not even going to get into all. We got a million, right. million, million different things for like different rats. Right. But I'm going to pick one. Go ahead. That's where I don't get Sammy the Bull. Sammy the Bull gets right. faced with motherfucking... 
thousand year sentence. Yeah, right, right. He didn't have any problem when they were splitting up the money. He didn't have any problem when they had to chop up dudes. Right. Yeah. He didn't have any problem. He didn't have no fucking problem then, did he? No. But when it came to pay the price, he knew what the life comes right. with, man. You're either going out in a box or you're going into a box. Right. right. And he wasn't willing to do that, bro. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so the same thing is for the dude that rolls it up. Right. He rah, rah, rah all rah, through rah, the vent. Rah, he signed up. He put himself in the situation. Yeah. And when the bill comes, motherfucker wants to back and go sideways right. out, the, out the side door, yeah. well, which so, I can't condone that. Never. You know, like that's as much as recovery and maturity and where I've come, I, there's some things I can't condone. Right. You're not the victim in that, in that case. Right. You know what I'm saying? You signed up for that shit. That's how you wanted to ride. You did all the dirt that was included yeah. And you getting to where you're getting, but now you don't want to take any responsibility right. for it. Now you just want to push it off. Oh, that's bad. Well, that's a- well, so I'll tell you. So sometimes there comes point in times in my days where uh, everyone looks to me to make a decision. And I'm talking about people older than me. Right. And by the way, they look to me and they go like, okay, so what should we do? Right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and there's always a little piece of me that's like, man, what do you mean what the fuck should we do? Yeah, I don't yeah. know any better than you, motherfucker. <laughs> I know the same shit you know. And in fact, yeah. But, but they hired me and I held myself out as somebody who could counsel. We had a, a mutual friend of ours give me a call the other day and gave me, uh, Steve, uh, a hypothetical on their situation. Their back was against the wall, they said. Mm-hmm. Right? I had already worked a full day on some other shit. Right? Now I'm talking to a mutual friend of ours about, like, okay, and they give me their factors. Mm-hmm. Right? And here's a piece of me that's like, wants to be like, don't ask me. Like, don't ask, don't put it on me to solve what, but I, I put it out there that I'm a counselor, which means, because in a lot of situations, I do know what to do. Mm-hmm. So part of the mantle, if you want to get paid as a counselor, as an attorney, you want to be paid as somebody that can give somebody some insight into whatever, mm-hmm. is that people are going to come to you and ask you questions. Right. That's right. just what you said. I take, I'm glad to get paid. Right, but when it's inconvenient for me, or I'm scared to put my opinion on it because it could go either way, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the one that gets blamed if it fucks up. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's part of that's when you're an attorney. Just so everybody understands, part of what your client's paying for is they get to blame you if it fucks up. Right. They they could have said something. They could have you know. But uh, and, and I don't play the game of the attorney where I go, well, it's your case. You tell mm-hmm. me what you want to do. Right. I don't do that. And so sometimes when I go in or I file a thing or I do this or I do that, sometimes the clients told me something. I said, I don't think it's going to work. I'm going to give it my best. And I put in a lot of time on it and whatever. And I know and it's happened. And the client will be like, you fucked up. And I can't sit around and argue with them and be like, well, I told you that this wasn't going to work. And da, 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 da. I can't do any of that. That's right. not my job. My job is to be the one to blame if shit goes south. Right. Right. Yeah. In return for that, I get paid well. Right. And I work for myself. Right. But the problem with working for yourself, it's the same thing as being in business for yourself. When you're in business for yourself, the great part of it is, is that it's you're the boss. Right. You get to fucking but when you're the boss, right, your right hand man or your assistant or your employees 
Oh, they got all the advice for you in the world. Yeah. Right. You should do this and you right. should do that. You know, if I was you, I would blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But you actually have to pull the trigger. Yeah, and you got to take the fall. Yeah, and you got to take Nobody the fall. Nobody else gets to right. take it. You yeah. do. Yeah, you do that's that. right. Yeah, you're on big rewards. You got to take yeah, big risks. Exactly. That's it. Yep. So tell me, what? So you get out, you parole. When do you parole so, out? Uh, so, and August 12th of 2015. Um, I paroled uh, the day actually that uh, um, uh, Hugo Pinel was assassinated in New Folsom hey, State my, Prison. Tell my, tell yeah, who's Hugo? Who Hugo Pinel is. Uh, Hugo Pinel was uh, one of the uh, founders of the BGF, and he had been uh, one of the longest uh, one of the longest individuals in the solitary housing unit. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2011, we went on hunger strikes, and I was involved in the 2011 hunger strikes for 13 days. And then in 2013, we did another uh, huge hunger strike where 30,000 general population. Uh, uh, came together and we hunger struck for 33 days on the on on New Folsom's uh, yard that time, uh, C yard. And so I starved myself for 33 days. See that uh, type of protest that gets some things done. That's a that's a long and, term. And did it, yeah. and, it, and did it and take everybody from every race to get together? To yeah, do that every for it to race work? came together on the main line. Um, uh, PCs, Chale, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 shit. right. But uh, uh, everyone came together in solidarity, and and uh, we, you know, the peace treaties came together up there. The you know the the uh, the collective, you know, the short corridor collective came mm-hmm. and and uh, and they got it done. The the segregated housing unit. Uh, there's no indeterminate shoe. Um, some folks are still fighting to get themselves out to the GP lines and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're still being you know going through that process. But we got programs. And I ended up catching college courses after the 2011. Um, we did catch a, I, I caught a prison riot too before that, was in a brutal prison riot, wanted something different after that prison riot. And uh, and I got my prayer answered, you know what I'm saying? And uh, they gave me college courses and I started studying. And, and, and so in 2011, four right. years before you parole, right. you, the, the things take a turn. Right, yeah. Tell so, us about that. Tell us about the change of where you come off of wanting to be active, involved in all this stuff to, hey, man, I may not want to come back here again or I want um, something better. I, like Honestly, I never had that like where I thought I didn't want to come back. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, until I until two weeks before I got out mm-hmm. with with my celly. My celly was a lifer. Um, uh, Chaparro, I send love to you, my boy. Like I'm fighting for you, homie, to get you home to your mom. You know what I'm saying? Um, he did all my artwork. Uh, was one of my best friends. You know, and uh, Chaparro, I, I I remember I, I I hadn't talked to him in like about a week and a half. You know, I'm sitting on the top bunk. I'm nervous because I'm transient. I'm about to go home, and they're they're paroling me as a transient, as I'm homeless, mm-hmm. and and I'm nervous going home. So I didn't talk to my celly. I didn't know I, what am I going to tell him. He's a lifer. He's been in since right. 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rub it in his face that I'm going home. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. not even going to fucking talk to him about it. And mm-hmm. and I and I and I and 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 uh, about a week and a half, we didn't talk. And I said something. You know, I was like, hey, hey. Uh, you want me to make you something to eat, my boy? He's all Simone Flacco. Yeah, hey, come down, homie. Man, I fucking missed you, dog. What the fuck? You good or what? Like, you know? And uh, and I and so I I made us a spread right quick, and I sat next to him, and and I go, hey, homie, like, you know, like, uh, if you could go home, like, what would you want to do? Like, when you first get out, he's mm-hmm. like, look, Flacco, if I ever get to home, go home, all I want is to eat my mom's pozole one last time. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that was all he wanted. You know what I'm saying? He'd been down since he's 16 years old. You know what I'm saying? He's 30, 37 years old now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's telling me this, you know, and mm-hmm. I look at him and, and he's a flaco. Don't come back, homie. Like, you know, look around, my boy. Like, look at this shit, dog. Like, like don't come back, homie. And how much education have you got under so, your belt at this point? So time? at this point, I had like 47 units towards my associate's degree. But it was the homies who were telling me, hey, Flacco, sign up for the associate's degree. And it was the homie. We had no fucking professors. We had no uh, teachers coming in and teaching us shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know how to write with periods and commas. I used mm-hmm. to write rap songs. So I did everything in a bar. I did everything like a, a bar, you know what I'm saying, at the end mm-hmm. of all my sentences. And I remember I wrote my first fucking paper, and I wrote it all in bars. Mm-hmm. And the professor wrote me back and was like, what the fuck are these bar things? Like, you know, what is this shit? You know, you can't do that. You got to put a period and a comma. Like, here, I suggest you read this. And he, and, he, and he told me to pick up this book on how to write, you know, periods and commas and how to what write. What book was that? Uh, it was uh, uh, College Writing. Okay. Yeah, college writing. And so it started teaching me all this shit, right? And uh, I started reading. I started studying every day. You know what I'm saying? I would study. We were on lockdown, uh, you know, most of the time. Uh, so I would just study all day long. I was tired of watching fucking Jerry Springer reruns. Yeah, Cheater man. reruns. Yeah, yeah. Cop reruns. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I was tired of uh, You're Not the Fucking Father with Maury. Like, I was tired yeah, of watching yeah. this junk TV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I started study. And I started to, like, understand shit a little bit differently so by the time i paroled i had like 47 units toward my associate's degree Mm -hmm. and when i got out i didn't know i could go to college so a couple months before i was about to get out the homie uh uh uh, chino one of my best my best homies uh solid uh, camarada right there like he's like hey flaco what you gonna do when you get out i was like i'm gonna go back to the hood homie i have no choice i'm transient Mm -hmm. i'm gonna hit the hood up i'm gonna go get some work and i'm i'm gonna get back to it homie you know what i'm saying and 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 that was my mentality coming home and he was like flaco you mean to tell me you've been fucking studying you taught yourself times tables in here and division you know what i'm saying i didn't know any of this shit Mm -hmm. but you sat on your fucking bunk and and you taught yourself this shit and you mean to tell me you're gonna go back there and slang dope my boy like what the fuck homie like Mm -hmm. well you're you're wasting that shit homie Mm -hmm. and he looked at me he's all here flaco and he started sliding me books and this is like three months before i get out and then uh one of the homies wait hold on what did you think about that, really? When he told me that? Yeah. Man, homie, I looked at him and I was like, he's right, you know? But in my mind, I was like, how the fuck am I going to pay for college? I can't go to fucking college. Like, what the fuck are these units going to do for me? I didn't even know what the fuck these units were, right? I didn't even know. They'd, nobody, you don't have a college counselor teaching you, okay, these are the classes you got to take and these units mean this and that. Nah, homie, I, they sent me a paper after I did my studies and I, and I studied, like literally read a book from page one all the way to the end. What was it that caused you to actually study for real for once? Man, it, what it was was I was sick of the program I was running with this TV. I was tired of watching. What and made I was, you sick of that? Because uh, it was the same bullshit. It was just it was it was the same shit. I seen all these fucking cheater reruns, and it was the same story. It was just a bunch of fucking drama, a bunch of negativity, a bunch of just just How bullshit. How long did it take you watching all that to come to that realization? As soon as they slid me those college courses, I was like, all right, this is going to be my new program. I'm going to work out in the morning for two hours and I'm going to study until dinner. And I did it every single day. And I started to study like and uh, and and the first courses I got were pharmacology of drugs of abuse. 
and I did uh, uh, 13 research papers on every drug that I used in my life, including Ritalin, Prozac. And I started to understand this shit like of what I was doing to my inner my inner spirit, my temple. What what? Okay, so what was the first real revelation from doing those research papers on the drugs that had been given to you and you had taken voluntarily? What was your major realization from that? They want me high on dope. That's the way they Mm. fucking control us. Like, they want us all doped up. As long as we're high on drugs, we're not going to look up to the fucking uh, elite ruling class rich that are fucking running this whole entire operation that that every individual is pretty much enslaved to. We're not going to look to them. They want us high. They want us putting these pollutants in our body and 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 that's what keeps us divided and conquered cuz we're we're like individualized. We're we're not we're not thinking about the next person. Like the homie taught me about the next person, right? Mm. And then when I started to read this shit and understand these fucking drugs and these pollutants that they give yeah. us out here, yeah. I understood what the fuck it was. I was like, damn, this is this is to making you unconscious yeah. instead of conscious. Yeah. No, but he's also but but Flacco's also going to something even more he's saying that these pollutants to a certain extent were causing him to be disconnected to others. Others. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that so that unified action right. like we're seeing right now right. can't happen. Right. Un- unconscious, man. Unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Making you yep. unconscious. Yep. And so I started to study. So I took that one. I took uh, college success. And uh, I was getting A's. And when I forgot my first two A's, I've been a fucking flunky. I fuck school. Like, I didn't give a fuck about school. I had no respect for school. When I got my first two A's in college... I was like, man, this, it felt fucking good. So next thing you know, I started studying harder, sociology 101, sociology 102, and I started to understand society and the community. And once I took sociology 101, I was woke. I was like, what the fuck was I doing out there to this community? Like, like, damn, I need to be out there, like, bringing this community together. This rule is going down the shitter. It's going down, it's going down the drain. Like, we're all separate. We're all divided. And look at this shit that's happening. Like, we're going to be fighting for water in the future. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I started understanding That's some true. shit. We're going to be at war just to fucking get us a, a drip of water. And it took me shit back that to... that used to come out of the right, fucking faucet. Right. We're going to be killing each other Exactly. And I started to realize this shit. And it was in the midst of us being activists inside and going on the hunger strike. And then I understood activism in that moment. You know what I'm saying? I understood that sh- that that in, in solidarity, and it erased all this divide and conquer shit that was in my mind. And you know, I start even even coming in as as like someone from the hood and and someone from you know South Samana and Bello gang and 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 and, uh, and my enemies this street and my enemies these these like. And then coming in and selling up with people who were called my enemies, it, it started to erase it. So a lot of things started to erase as I went through this, you know, this uh, prison term. I started to see things differently, like, damn. And uh, when I, before I paroled, I got introduced to Danny Morillo and, uh, by the homie. And the homie was like, hey, Flaco, like, you're not going to go back to the hood, homie. You're going to go to fucking college. He's like, I, I, I got somebody I'm going to introduce you to, uh, the homie Turtle. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, I get a kite and it's a, it's, it's a fucking cuerno. It's a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, damn. Like, so I grab the cuerno and it says press send. And I'm short to the pad. So I'm thinking in my head, like, you're thinking like, damn, I'm, they're going to ask me for something. I'm going to have to handle something for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my head, like, nah, the homie wouldn't do me like that. But 
fuck, let me press in. So I press in and, 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 and Turtle was on the other side and, and he said, hey, what's up, homie? And what's up, homie? He was like, oh, I'm right here at Berkeley and, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm from, I'm from the uh, Vario Norwalk and this and that and, and uh, I'm, I'm getting my, i just about to receive my bachelor's degree and, and I'm like, whoa. And he was like, hey, how many units you got? And I was like, I don't know. They just sent me a paper like a week before they had my units on. I was like, let me grab my units. They, they sent me some shit and, he, and then he's the one that told me what the fuck the units Mm-hmm. And then he, I was like, I says I got 47. He's like, oh, you're almost done, homie. He was like, so look, when you get out, hit me up, write down my number. I'm going to help you, homie, and you're gonna, I'm going to get you to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So I started hitting the yard, and the homies were coming up. To, hey, Flacco, what you going to do when you get out? I was like, I'm going to Berkeley. And they're like, what the fuck you going to do at Berkeley? So I, they started clowning me, like, Flacco think he's going to go to Berkeley. And so I was like, I'm going to be Dr. Flacco, homie. I was like, they're like, what the fuck, Flacco? Like, so, they would, so I became the joke on the yard. So all the homies are coming, like, Flacco short to the pad, hit him up and ask him what he's going to do. And, 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 and I remember even the, even the homies was out from the shoe, and they, they were coming up. And, and I remember one of the homies strolled me around, and, and he was like, that's what's up, Flacco. You know, and, uh, and, and he told me, he's like, one of one of one of the OG homies told me he's like, you know, uh, there's there's two types of gangsters in this world, and I was like, what's that? What you know? And this is one of the elders, you know. And I'm like, what's that? And he was like, there's that gangster that goes hard in the hood, goes hard for the people, dies young, maybe goes to prison for the rest of his life. That that that's 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 a gangster. And then he was, I was like, well, and he was like, the other one, when he dies. He has his great-great-grandchildren around him, his great-great-grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and his grandchildren. They all circle around him in his deathbed, and that's gangster too. Whichever one you choose, that's your choice, and 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 uh, and, and we respect it, and we always, and we, we, you know, we're always here, and we're always there for you, flock. And and that was my farewell right then and there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got to thank him, and 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 uh, and and from there I got released, and I paroled, and I remember, you know, my first night out, slept on a bench. Had to go see my pro officer within 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. Got to San Diego at like two in the morning. You know what I'm saying? From Sacramento, and and uh, and that was it, homie. Like uh, I told my pro officer, my mom showed up. I hadn't seen my mom in years. I got to see her. They had let me out a day early. They never let anybody out a day early. This is fucking, this is crazy shit because Hugo Pinel got murked the day I got released. Mm. So the whole institution was going to be on lockdown on the 13th. And that was my date. Mm. So they already knew in my mind. And I believe that Hugo Pinel was going to get murked on the 12th. So they let me out on the 12th because they knew they were going to get in trouble having to keep me in, you know, extra days and shit. And it was going to cause, you know what I'm saying? It was going to cause them to get their their fucking shit uh, uh, messed with. So anyways, I got out and my pro officer, I went with my mom and I told my pro officer, hey, uh, I don't have nowhere to live. And he was like, all right, we'll put you in a rehab center. So I went to a rehab um, I, I'm not using drugs. I hadn't been using drugs for a few years inside, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm clean and I'm seeing all these homies coming in all heroined out mm-hmm. like that. Like I'm taking up space mm-hmm. and I feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm not even dope fiend out like that. There's, there's somebody that needs this bed more than me, mm-hmm. but me just getting out the joint. I'm thinking like, you know, like, damn, I need this pillow though. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I wanted to go to college and they wanted to confine me there and do all these 12 step classes and all this and that. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling them, no, I want to go to college. 
and they were like, well, look, Flacco, you're going to have to hit up your profs. You're going to have to get, uh, uh, you're going to have to get somewhere else, like a outpatient. And I was like, fuck it. So I hit them up and they put me in some outpatient and I started to go study. And I remember my first days in classes, I walked into my first class and Man, homie, I felt so out of fucking place. Wait, I was wait, like, wait. "This was at Berkeley?" No, this was at a, a San Diego City College. So I okay. had to finish up my units. I had to get my sixty right. units right. So I walk into this class, homie. It's a bunch of youngsters. Oh, I'm all tatted up. There ain't nobody that looks like me. Did they all turn and look at they you? They fucking stared at me like <laughs> everyone was staring at me like, what the fuck? Who That's is like that? that scene in that movie where they're playing a record and all the record just scratches when yeah. the kid walks yeah. in. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I get in this, my first class was a, a Chicano studies class mm-hmm. and I get into my Chicano studies class and, and everyone's young, homie. So, the homie from up there at Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, Martin, they had came and visited me and told me, hey, we're building the prison, the school pipeline. We're building underground scholars. We want you. We're going to help you every step of the way. And and I went into this class and I fucking called him. I said, hey, homie, dispense on my boy. Like, fuck school, dog. Like, this shit ain't for me, homie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tagging on my book again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just like the shit back in the day, I just didn't respect it. And he was like, hey, Flacco, look, homie, give it 90 days. And turn this into your research project. Research everything that's going on around you. Research everything that everyone does to you. Research it. Turn this research uh, mind on. They need our lived experience. Mm-hmm. Our lived experience is what's going to change everything. They need it. And uh, and I was like, what the fuck, you know? And I and I went with that in my mind. And I was like, all right. He's like, just give it 90 days and start introducing yourself to everyone. Meet as many people as you can. And I didn't know what this meant, you know, but he was helping me build my social capital. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, I started shaking hands. I social got capital. Yep. I like I that. Got, yeah. And I got involved with uh, an organization called uh, Pillars of the Community Scholars. They were all activists. They were all well aware. I didn't even know that people out on the streets were involved in the hunger strikes. I didn't know none of that. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know this shit when we're locked up. There's people out here advocating on our behalf. There's people out here working with the, uh, with, with the community trying to get, you know, resources for right. us. Like, so, we so, don't know none of that, you know? So, so let's, go, let's go back real quick, though. So you're in Chicano Studies. Right. Okay. You walk in. You're a little bit older. You tatted up. And 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 it's a bunch of kids in San Diego. Right. Some of them probably even rich kids. Right. Right. And you like, do you just open the door and you just look and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah, homie. Hmm. Like I it was a it it was one of the weirdest like feelings, homie, like to like, be back were in like, the classroom. And then when they and, and then so they and then so you go in there and you sit down and you feel like an alien. Yeah. Big and does a teacher come in? The teacher does come in, yeah. And is a teacher looking at you like, what the fuck? Yeah, big time. You yeah. know, like, who's this kid? You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck? You uh. know, and, and, and you know, and, and, and from there, like, I said, fuck it. I'm going to give it 90 days. Hold on. Yeah. So then, so then you call your homeboy and you're like, yeah, dude, this ain't going to work. Yeah, I wanted to go to the shipyard. I was going to go work at the shipyard. You're like, like, this is this. too foreign. This yep. is too weird. And he's like, give it 90 days. Then you go and you start building social capital. Let me ask you a question. Any of the younger chicks in there, were they like, well, once you started like shaking hands, were they kind of like, because like, you know, girls like bad dudes. Right. I mean, yeah. It yeah. Was, it was, it, when I first got out, it was bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it seemed like every 
every animal was trying to, like I didn't know what was going on out here, you know. But it was it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. You Free know? love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bad. You were like, like, I mean, because I mean, in a certain sense, they called it in in the time I got out and started doing the work that I'm doing now, the this uh, advocacy work, you know, on behalf. They, it was hug a thug year when I first came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and because I mean, to a certain extent, now Flacco is like super in style. Like you look at Vlago and you're like, okay, that's what's up. Yeah. I mean, when you first started, it was like, hey, you're confused, bro. Right. Now I've got to think that like they're like, oh, I mean, so are you a drummer in a famous band? Or like, what <laughs> yeah, the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All right. So cool. So you give it ninety. And 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 when how hard was it to introduce yourself to people? Man, at first it was you know like I was very hesitant you know, but yeah. then when I started when I started doing that, I found other activists there, and they, and it was a rich activist culture like a social justice right. uh, uh, centered school right right. right. So th- they were like, hey, come to the, come speak over here. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck you want me to speak about? So they handed me this. Oh, bullhorn. they had the real guy right yeah, here. Yeah, they had exactly. a real one so, right yeah, here. So they hand me the bullhorn, and I just go off. Boom, and I start saying all this stuff and the fucking crowd goes wild. And that's the first time in my life that I was like, whoa, my fucking voice actually matters. Yeah. Like my voice matters. And and that moment, it like clicked on. Like, damn, I need to be out here speaking. I need to be out here uplifting this right. community and letting them know, hey, my homies that are coming home and my homegirls that are coming, we're not monsters like they made us out to be. So right. I started sharing my story. Like, I'm not that fucking monster that this system makes me out to be. The system's actually the fucking monster. They're the ones that sprayed me with life spray. They're the ones that uh, shot me with the block gun. They're the ones that instituted all this state violence on me. Right. And at this time, I didn't know all this fancy fucking language that I know now. You know right. what I'm saying? But, but you know, these these researchers were researching that. But now I'm showing up on the scene, and I have the lived experience. Right. So I'm bringing that lived experience Which component. Which these researchers lack. Lack. Yeah, yeah. None of them have it. Right. They, and, and actually, the system plays into a lot of this fucking research and was able to criminalize us more and oppress right, us more right. due to a lot of the fucking research that was right. being produced, right? And so, what is one of the things, because um, I don't know if you've had this experience, but like, what was one of the things that they asked you about, right? Like these researchers or or even even people who are from the outside that are trying to protest or make a movement and they wanted to represent something in a certain way and they asked you and you told them the truth and it didn't jive with what they already wanted to believe. Do you ever have I mean, that? I, you know, there you could google my name and there's a lot of articles that come up like yeah. that they've done on you know on the work that we're doing and stuff and yeah. you could just see in the fucking language like convicts go to uh college you know what i'm saying like all even the language like you know they don't believe in it you know but they're no but i mean like steve you know what i'm asking like have you ever somebody has you as an example of something where they're like okay this guy really did time then he got off of the stuff and now he's here and they've already portrayed you in a pot even like they consider right. positive right but then you come and tell them the truth about what's really going on and, and it kind of not what they wanted to hear they, they did didn't not want to hear have you yet. had that i've had that so many times so what's many like times the most common one where you're like it's not really like that or that's not really true you want to know the truth the truth is this right um i, I mean the most common one i would say uh I mean, 
There's so many, yeah. Because 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 I'm a, I, so I'm I'm American Indian, right? Right. So I got a million people that are always like, right? That's just like what the Indians did, and I'm like, not really, no. Right. No, that's not right. I know you're trying to do a good thing, but the truth is, is that the Indians X Y Z, and then that's not what they wanted to hear. They wanted mm-hmm. me to be on their thing. Yeah. They wanted to. To for me to be, they had an agenda. They had an agenda, yeah. And it might even be a positive one, but it's not true. And if I played the game a little bit, you're not helping anything. But but I'm helping myself because they're gonna like, oh well, we got a gala that you can come. Mm. Why don't you? We're gonna donate. We can come in here, and all I have to do is kind of like. I mean, I started getting ushered around. I'm not even gonna lie, and they started having me speak all over, right? Because you know, I found out I had a voice, but I wanted to get I wanted to get the homies out. Like my whole thing is like I'm trying to bring the homies home, you know. So I gotta come out here and speak and 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 put and and get a 4.0. Like so, but I started to realize like you know uh, I'm being used for that. Diversity. So I start. They started ushering me around, like, right. oh, for diversity, right? And, right. And uh, oh, we got formerly incarcerated students. I became like this fucking poster boy. Poster child. Yeah, poster child. I was a fucking poster child. And and right. And uh, and and they started to now. There's there's money coming down. There's millions of dollars that are going for formerly incarcerated students on these campuses now. And they were you know using you as the bait. And they were using me as a, as as like the bait. Yeah, mm-hmm. straight up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm woke to it. You know, and 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 I'm coming in, and I'm like, all right, cool. Let me get these fucking degrees because the degrees is what counts. Right. That's what's gonna help me get my homies home. You know what I'm saying? That's what's gonna let me go to the table and be like, look, the homie here, here, and here deserves to come. Like, I want to get my 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 homies freed. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that that I know I got to get the PhD. I know the un, the only way I'm going to unwrite these gang injunctions and 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 these gang enhancements and all this shit is to show up and be like, "Hey, I'm a gang member and I got my fucking PhD." You Dr. know what I'm saying? Flocka. You know, and 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 I'm I'm a sureño, you know what I'm saying? Like and I'm in college. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like so mm. I'm trying to erase the stigmas that are casted against us because what they feel is that we're just gonna come out. We're we're terrorists. We're street terrorists. We're gonna come home. We're gonna you know they're releasing. They even say it on the fucking news. They're releasing a bunch of violent criminals back to our communities. Right. Like you know, COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. They released exactly. All these violent. All these violent and now right. we have looting, looting and yeah, shit. Right, yeah. right. But the truth is, this system is disgusting. It's corrupt. And they're taking billions of our tax revenue. Yes. And 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 they're using it to live these prestigious lives. And we're all suffering. We're all pinned against one another. We're what? all okay. Let's we're cut all, the shit. You know, let's, let's cut, cut the, the shit. shit. Yeah, okay, for sure. So, Straight so up. So what really in your mind, right? Yeah, and we're not talking about incrementalism and we're not talking about partnering with like like-minded comrades that are going in the same direction. Really, at the end of the day, when you look at America. Right, and you look at its promises. What has to really change in order for those promises to come true, Doctor Flacco? We got to get. So we spend 182 billion dollars a year on the Department of Corruption. That goes towards police budgets. We got to get this money back to our communities. They're not keeping anyone safe. We can we can come together as a community and we can keep our own community safe just like we did before 
the police even existed. Policing hasn't been around. Uh-huh. It, it came around in 1829. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It, 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 and then policing in the United States came after slavery. And, and slavery never was abolished. It was only reformed. Right. Instead of slave patrol, they called them police officers. Instead of plantations, they called them penitentiaries. Go look at the names. Richard J. Donovan. That's a slave plantation. That's a plantation. Like, yeah. if you look at the prisons, they all have names. Names of some of some white person. That that's a plantation. Right. And and then you know what I'm saying. Uh. So 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 what they're doing is they're instead of picking cotton, they turned it into credit card shopping. Everything that we buy, we pay taxes on. We pay taxes on our fucking licensing fees for our cars. We pay taxes on uh, getting licensed. We pay taxes on buying a fucking soda. All those fucking Taxes that income are coming tax, out, sales income tax. sales tax, every fucking thing, property tax, property everything, tax. all that shit is being uh, uh, put in contracts through these systems that are in place. So the police budget, the police budget right here in LA, $1.83 billion. Double what they pay on social programs. Straight up, double. You know what I'm saying? We have all these folks and in, in houseless in these tents and downtown. We, you know it's what I'm saying? Never like, been that it's bad, never right? been this bad. Like, I came out, I, I was. I was in seven years and when I came home I, I, I looked in downtown San Diego nothing but fucking tents yes I couldn't fucking believe it I was yeah. like what the fuck's going on like San Diego's it, not even supposed like, to was be there like a hurricane that. like what the fuck happened you know what I'm saying like 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 I see what the fucking setup is the setup is oh let's pretend like we're doing X Y and Z to protect them but in, in all reality they're taking billions of dollars the, the budget for the Department of Corruption here in California is 15 Point seven billion dollars, thirty three prisons, fifteen point seven billion dollars. Um, they're spending two hundred just at at New Folsom State Prison. That's where I paroled from. Two hundred eighty six million dollars a right. year. There's only twelve, maybe maybe nine, maybe eighteen hundred uh people incarcerated in that facility, and they're spending two hundred eighty six fucking million dollars. What about private? Is are there private businesses that are able? Cor- yeah, corporations. So you got private companies. Pharmaceutical industry is heavily invested. Um, they all this contract as soon as the annual budget hits. All these uh, pharmaceuticals are getting bought. They they don't even have them on on hand. They just buy units of medication by the ton, millions upon billion. I, I'd say a billion uh, of that fifteen point seven is spent on pharmaceuticals that never even make it to these fucking facilities every single year. Right. And and you know and then you got uh, contracts with soap. So you know Bob Barker was a big one back in the what juvenile halls. But so they they they. They pay millions upon millions of dollars for those little soaps, those toothbrushes that we yeah, get. Yeah, millions of but fucking who the fuck dollars. Is Bob Barker. Bob Barker. I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a corporation. Oh, I, okay. thought it, I, I thought, thought it was attached. Right I thought guy. it was attached to him too until I started doing my research. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? It's a company that makes the soap and the toothbrush, toiletry uh, shit, toiletry shit, and, and they're they getting get millions of dollars. But that's all going into stocks. So who's investing in these stocks? So they wash our tax revenue out in the stock market, and then these big elite fucking individuals that turns are rich private, turns private are, are, are investing in these stocks every single year or have tons of money invested in them and they're washing the tax revenue out the back door we're in a fucking clamp 
So you got the the fucking rich elites at the top yeah. sucking all the money out. Yeah. And then you have the rich elites at the fucking bottom, even in the drug industry. The drug industry and the sex industry are the two most profited industries in the whole entire world. The drug industry last year made five hundred and sixty seven billion fucking dollars. Right. The sex industry made three hundred and twenty six billion dollars. What do you consider to be the sex industry? The like so uh prostitution, uh uh I mean there's so much uh to the sex uh porn, uh all, all that shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh uh, uh wait, wait, wait. toys so, and shit so let's like back that. Because you're you're drawing a diagram and I like right, it. Right, right. Okay, okay. So you're saying first and foremost, you got elites at the top. And then you have elites. The elites at the top are doing what? They're 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 controlling every fucking thing. They're they're the rich ruling elites have all we're we're pretty much enslaved to them. Okay. So the ones at the top, we're talking everybody from Trump to Zuckerberg. All of them. Yeah. Right? Soros. Bezos, all of them. Yup. Bezos. Yup. Fucking all these guys. All right? of them. Yup. Okay. And technically they're legit. Right. Right. They got legit money. Right. They got whatever. Then you're saying down at the bottom there's elites. Right. And it's a drug business and a sex. Same elites. Same elites. Okay. It's the same fucking elites at the top that are at the bottom. How so? Their money is is coming through contractors and it's it goes down to the bottom and they invest in the drugs and all the all the all the uh under underworld so that they can create crime in the middle, so that they can have full complete control. Of of us divided, conquered, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we're in the middle as their pawns, as their as they, they just like almost they're almost like puppet masters, like right. And and so these drugs are coming up to our communities, right? Creating all this mess of us killing each other, one another. Boom, they're arresting us, and then the cops are their enforcers to keep us from looking up at the top, right? It's, so so hold on, so because you're going fast, but this is good. So same elites at the top, same elites at the bottom. Legitimate money is coming down, right? They're flooding the streets, which would explain how CIA brought right. crack, crack into the into neighborhoods, the neighborhoods right? yep. Then they write a bunch of laws for people in the middle. Right. Right? So you have, and they make certain things illegal, and it doesn't make sense why they're illegal. They could be legal, because you see in other countries. Right. Legalized drugs. Legalized prostitution. Games. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. It's all that. So, but they need uh, laws that are going to be violated. Right. Because when you violate a law and you go to prison, you're no longer covered by the amended that protects you exactly. against slavery. Right. You can be forced to work. Right. Yep. And you can be paid nothing. Right. And these other private companies can come in and like they can, well, I make a joke all the time, but it was true. Amazon can come in and have and prisoners. package. Right. Have family. prisoners yep. farm organic tilapia, sell it at an upcharge, right. pay the people nothing. Right. Uh, even the phone companies. No overhead. The telecom companies make $1.3 billion a year, and that's pure profit. There's no overhead for those collect calls. They're just doing a connection. That's it. Just right. a, a little connection, and they're charging $17 a fucking call. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, And that's pure profit. No right. overhead. And no one's going to check it because the people that get exactly. penalized are criminals, and they right. deserve it's, it, quote exactly. unquote. Exactly. Exactly. Straight up. And so that's the fucking corruption and that's the reality that we're fucking living in. And, you know, and, and, and it, it, it's, it's fucked up. You well, know? okay. So but now, I would have never saw this shit if I didn't go to college. I would have never understood it. Yeah, but it. you know what? I'm going to tell you something, Dr. Flacco. 
uh, there's a lot of people that went to college and they still don't see this shit. Right, right. It's true. It's that lived experience. That, that Partially, it's yeah. also knowing that there is a hustle somewhere. Right, right. Like, there's got to be a reason why shit's set up the way it's set yep. up. And you're right about policing because I remember reading in something where in the old days, the way they used to police, mm-hmm. this is how bail and stuff like that kind of got started. In like old Viking times, they would just go to the community and they would talk to the elders. And so let's say some guy committed a crime in the community, stole some shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then ran off. And back then, they didn't have databases and to, to find you out or whatever. So they would go to like the head people in the, in the village and say, look, we're going to charge everyone in the village with a piece of this crime. You're going to have to pay back, you know, a tenth or whatever. Or you can go and get that guy and bring them to us. And that's how they started creating a sheriff eventually who was part of a community whose job it was was to go out into these counties or these shires and grab somebody who was absconding from the law. Instead of having an organization like a police force, they would just go to the actual village people and say, you're all going to be charged with this. You know, you're going to have to pay one-tenth of the missing sheep or you can bring in the guy who stole it. And that's the way the community policed itself. Mm. That's how the community would work together. And they would go grab him and they would do like a Richard Ramirez thing where the whole neighborhood oh. would come together and stomp that fool out and then drag him back to whoever he stole the stuff from. That, and that eventually, just like you said, right. became eventually a professionalized, quote unquote, force of police that no longer really is, is actually decoupled from the community. Right. It's decoupled from the community. Yep. They operate as a separate entity. entity. Yeah, and they have pure immunity. There's, there's Quali- no, they, have there's quali- no. they have qualified immunity, which, by the way, they're starting to take a look at now right. and pass a bill to say no more qualified immunity for cops. Right. And, and you know what's crazy is that most of the cops in these neighborhoods, they're not even from the neighborhood. How are you going to fucking go in and have respect for a community that you're not even from? It's, you're not, you're not you, supposed to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, designed so you don't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. It's designed so you don't, which is why you have, and we were just talking about this not too long ago, but I think that's why the George Floyd thing got picked up around the world. It's like in the old days, it used to just be like if there was a, uh, a police beating in fucking Cincinnati, then there would be a riot in Cincinnati. Right. And that, that was it. But now the riots, like, not only is it in all of the major national uh, nation cities, but it's like in London now, it's in Australia. And we were saying, like, it must be because, th- because they know police brutality there, too. Right. It's mm-hmm. not just. It's not. It's a, it, right. So they're, they're fed up, too. It's it, a global police state. It's a global police state. Which and means. Hyper surveillance, everything. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what Hong Kong's fighting against right now with China. Like, they're, they're tired of this hyper surveillance. They're tired of this, this domination and control. And, yeah. And, and, and so what's taking place is, is people are rising up. But we have to come together in solidarity. We have to realize that this is a class war. It's yeah. you're either poor or you're rich and the rich are they don't want us to look at them. So they want to divide all of us poor people at the bottom and have us uh, be against one another so that we don't look up and see who the real or, or have are. you so gotta, preoccupied buying shit, buying shit. Yeah. Preoccupied credit, buying shit buying on shit credit. That you can't yeah. sa- you don't. That's exactly. There's no savings. And, by and the then way, you're enslaved. You're enslaved. Once you have debt, you're enslaved to that debt. Like you got to fucking work to pay this fucking. You know what's. Crazy, it pisses me off more than anything else. Is that 
like they've got on a speaker going day in day out that the American economy is a consumerist economy. You need to go out and buy shit. That's how the economy right. is going to bounce back. Buy some stuff. Right. But when you're buying stuff, it makes it harder and harder for you to save money. Right. And they're encouraging you to buy it for the health of the nation as of, as if it's your patriotic duty to buy stuff. And then they 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 were smart. They 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 didn't take away your money they just stopped its growth uh so that it didn't keep pace with the cost of living right so you were like if you were making 15 bucks an hour like in 1980 that was cool now you were like okay but people are making 15 bucks an hour now right which that ain't gonna get you i mean you could barely get fucking peanut uh, m&ms for that Taco Bell yeah for exactly that. straight up so you know now i'm in college i'm doing all this work uh, you know, uh, and I, I created the gangster nerds calling on gang members to come represent your hood and college, get a PhD for your hood. You love your hood. It's time to, it's time to come in and get that knowledge, learn our culture. Uh, it's time to come in and, 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 and get these 4.0s and show up with these degrees that this country has come to depend on and, and come on, uh, to respect that they were paying the, for their children to get into college. You know what I'm saying? We just seen that fucking scandal Pain, where they been- they were cheating to, cheating get, these to get these fucking kids in to get this fucking piece of paper, you know. But we're we're coming now, and and we're 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 gonna reclaim our communities, and you know, and and so I, I'm seeing, you know, finally we're we're seeing the bigger picture, the 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 shit that's going on. You know what I'm saying? So with where, these what's going on with you? currently so i'm at uc santa barbara i'm going for my bachelor's degree in sociology Mm -hmm. um i I got like a a few like probably about a year left on that and then i'm gonna go for my phd in sociology and uh, i'm writing a bunch of books and writing a bunch of uh uh, of research papers like right now i'm doing a research um it's called the rise of the movement against mass incarceration Mm -hmm. um a case study on uh the formation of underground scholars and i'm looking at how we're coming together and we're building shit for ourselves like you know the system's never done anything for us but entrap us and lock us up and and continue to fuck our families over but now we're like nah fuck let's band together and let's go after the shit that's gonna unwrite these policies that they stacked against us to incriminate us and to criminalize us and pretty much create social death on us like mm-hmm. you know being a having the the title of a gang member like you got you're in complete social death in these communities you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and that's by that's that's systemic racism that's just that's a right. systemic uh, uh design right there to keep you entrapped as a residual income because mm-hmm. as long as your body can continues to recidivate back into prison they're going to continue to get that 15.7 billion dollars they're going to continue to upgrade that 15.7 billion dollars every single year they can upgrade it oh we need more money more funding more funding and and they're stripping us and it's 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 not helping our communities whatsoever so we got to get these fucking degrees and we got to show up and we got to unwrite the the gang injunctions the gang enhancements all these policies the three strikes law all this shit they wrote to incriminate and criminalize black and brown uh folks from the community and lock them up and pretty much uh, c- uh 
create complete genocide on our communities, um, we have to come in and we have to battle against that shit. And that's what we're doing. Underground Scholars is, is showing up now and, and, and we're promoting like, come on, like, let's go. We need as many folks as we can to, to show up in these spaces and tell them, hey, fuck you guys. Give us our degrees and give us our communities back, you know? What's what's the long term? What's the, the 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 plan look like for you, like education wise and career wise? Where where do you see yourself going in the next five ten years? So in in five ten years, um, I I I, I want to work with formerly incarcerated individuals and those who are in these communities that are being repressed and oppressed. I want to work with them and I want to, I want to do like political education classes. I want to do consciousness raising classes and I want to teach, um, be a professor in like a, a college or even a community setting, mm-hmm. like a community type college mm-hmm. that's free for uh, individuals in the community to uplift them. And, uh, one, one discipline that I'm looking at is, uh, um, uh, pr- uh, um, is, uh, 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 prison studies, like understanding the design of prisons, like, you know, like really, uh, understanding what they created there, you know, and, and, and waking everyone up. Like a lot of folks are just being brainwashed by media, by all this shit. They're not seeing what's taking place. You know what I'm saying? And right now, like we're, we're at a, uh, we're at a great time, but history's shown us we can riot, we can do all this shit, but the repression that follows Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, like just in, 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 in 1970, when they, you know, there's been a flux underneath COVID-19, there's been a flux and, uh, and, and surplus humanity and surplus humanity is folks who ain't got no jobs, folks right. who are in limbo, right? There's been 43 million people just in the United States that lost their jobs. They're right. now added to surplus humanity. What do they got? What are they going to do gonna with happen? those people? They're going to fucking try to incarcerate them. They got to repress them. So I, I, I feel. Well, hold on. You know, this is true. This, but hold on. Let we can battle it and we are battling it. You know, let me ask you this. No, that's an interesting point. You're saying like, look, because let me ask you, professor. Don't, do you think that the economy is ever going to go back to the way it was? Never. Right? It's going to become more automated. It's automated, yep. So let me ask you this, because I think about this a lot. The more automated the economy becomes, more automated companies become, you're going to have way more surplus humanity. Right. Okay. And they're kind of, the tech guys are starting to kind of see this because they're talking about, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to have a universal salary? Right. Spain has adopted the universal, universal salary, salary. Right, which right, is right. what they basically are calling communism up right. to a point. And I'm not really against communism, right. to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Stockton's done uh, like a little experiment with that. Where do you think this is really going to go? I mean, if we can come together and unite, we can stop what's going to what i what i theorize is coming i yeah, see what do you see? I, I see something like palestine where they're going to section off communities with fences and we're going to have to give our cell phones something like russia just did and we're going to have to have a destination on our cell phone and they're going to beep it and we're going to have to go through checkpoints if we don't come together in solidarity and realize this they, to get to our destination and they're going to follow us and track us we're going to be tracked like we already are fucking tracked with yeah, these we cell are, phones and, and, and by and, the way the, people aren't upset and, about and, it and, and, and the mass surveillance I, I mean i'm pissed about it you know what but I'm saying? nobody's but, doing anything right nobody's doing anything we're not really hip or woke to what to, so 
I see something like that, like where there and there's going to be mass repression coming if we can't disarm, defund, and 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 totally disempower these police officers and these military. To, but what I'm trying to get to, let me ask you this. So let's say we get to all the companies are automated. Right. Okay, you can go to McDonald's and get your burger and you don't have to talk to anybody. No, they can just All right, they don't have to hire right. anybody. Buddy, There's exactly. not going to be sexual harassment because it's right. only machines. Machines trying to fuck machines. That's not against the law. Then, right, you have all these people that are out of work. Right. Okay. And let's just say within the United States, right, let's not worry about the world yet. Right. Okay. Which, what you're talking about, is kind of what Trump's trying to build, build in the South, right, right now. Exactly. Like, okay. Exactly what he's fucking building in the South. Okay. So, but let me ask you this. Where do, how do rich people stay rich if no one's in at work and they don't buy anything? I mean, just look at uh, uh, what's taking place with Amazon. Amazon made 565, the like billions more dollars with us being inside. So there's only a uh, there's only a certain amount of rich individuals. It's not a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? So there, no matter what wait, they wait, have, wait, go back. Amazon became rich by us being inside they got way more richer they got billions of more dollars because we're now we can't go into the walmart or the target like like we were at one point underneath covid19 uh he he was able to make billions of more dollars because we're all online ordering our stuff from this phone from our devices and that's what it's going to boil down to everybody they got everyone hooked to order and shit to their door. Like you can order your fucking groceries to your front door now. You know what I'm saying? Like everything's being ordered and what are you? You're incarcerated in your in your house. You're stuck inside your house. So this is this is what they're they're getting us used to. They're okay. getting us used so, to, okay, so let's you know, say and we're creatures it. of habit. So once you, you, once we have this habit of not leaving our house, we're inside our house, you know, and, and, and we're, and, then, and, 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 and then we're, we're, we're incarcerated. We're locked in, right, you but know, let's say we're this. controlled, okay, we're so, dominated. Well, hold on a second, because I'm with you. I'm right. like with you all the way on. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. Right. So this seems to me like an intermediary step. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Amazon was already on the way of getting rid of brick and mortar stores. Right. Uh, and and that was part of the promise. Right. And it is a little more efficient for business. They don't want to rent all that shit. And then COVID nineteen happens and pushes it even harder. Harder. Right? Yeah. Okay. So then I'm sitting there and I'm listening. I mean, this is right. What you're saying is right. Okay. Here we are. We're incarcerated in our own homes because now shit's being delivered directly to the door. Right. Now, we can't call it incarceration in the sense that we understand it from a prison standpoint. Prison standpoint. You got right, a choice. Right. Of yeah. But my point is, okay, that's an intermediary step, it seems like. But what then? So let's, let's, let's think about this. What's after that? Like, like, like. So the next step was the chaos that ensued with what we just saw. These riots and everything that ensued. Um, they they're making billions of dollars now off of this chaos How? and and through uh, through uh, security like you know what I'm saying they're they're flying airplanes you got so many different uh, 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 surveillance um, you strap for intelligence um, but you where, got- where so I get that and then we're okay let's say that's true but now there's gonna come a point in time when everyone's out of work Right. You believe that? Yeah, it's already it's here. It's yeah, already here. It's already here. When everyone's out of work, right? What 
what how do the rich stay rich meaning like you're let's say we don't have any money to buy all the stupid shit anymore what because if you want, if, I don't, I don't know. I, I get it. I get what you're because saying. Like, I get well, where we're you're saying, going. We're saying, we're saying, because they have it all. They have complete. So now it's control. just holding on. It's to just it? holding on to it. Now it's, let me ask you so, this. because it's like this right now. So you're like you're rich, or or you're down here, and then they're just gonna let some down to us like they like right but, at, it, but so okay let's say that's true right and i'm not saying it's not in fact that's probably what's going on it's right now. going on right okay. now i All mean right. look you can go get ebt right now you know what i'm saying you can go you know but, but that but, that shit may run out but they're gonna have to fuel that they're gonna have to let that continue they got they that that's a that's a repression tool as well you know what no, i'm saying no, no i know but so then but so okay originally in the good old days right the rich people were just trying to get like more money to right. preserve their richness. Right. Okay. So it was like Rockefeller would do some shady shit to get rich. Right. right? And then once he's rich, he then tries to do all this stuff to, to keep it going. Right. But that idea of richness always seemed to me to assume that there would always be work. And there would always be a constant flux, right? Right, and this is what will be happening, in, in in the same way that the Catholic Church is operating that way. Like, okay, we're gonna do some shady shit to come up, right? And now that we're up, we're gonna kind of keep it here, maybe even grow it a little bit, right? But then, then, but there's a terminal point. There's a point at richness is no longer meaningful, right? You've gone beyond, right? Like you. You, you've been rich for so long. Yeah. There's no change in your life at all. Right. Because in the old days, getting rich was about like, well, I didn't even have indoor plumbing. Now I'm on a Learjet. Right. But once you Learjet up, there's a terminal velocity. Yeah. There's no longer. So then what I'm saying, so we're talking about this, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, there's going to come a point in time where in the United States, the Jeff Bezos and the fucking Elon Musks and all those people are all going to have pretty much the same shit. Right. Right? So then, and, and I always thought that the thrill of being rich was that, you know, you had a bunch of whores and you could go over here and you could do this and you could have ruby rings and, like, you had this special life, but it doesn't get beyond that. Right. There's no further... Like the amount of depravity and lust and weird shit you could get into ends at some point. Right. There's only like whatever, how many senses, right? So then at that point, and you're building up this massive bubble of humanity that's got time because they're not working. Right. And they have envy. Because they know they don't have what you have. I've right. always thought that part of the the enjoyment of being rich was knowing that you have it and others don't. Right. That's got to be one of the things. And 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 also the chaos that you're able to just sit back and watch happen all around you. You know, like all the all the crime, everything that you're in control of. All that. You know what I'm saying? So like, so there's got to be an enjoyment to being in control. Right. Exactly. So you're enjoying watching everything that's going you're on. You're enjoying that you're being creating. in control. Right. You're enjoying having something that others don't, like right. a spoiled kid does. Right. Right. Like there's 
that's almost a primal thing in humans where a little kid and another little kid gets a kind of satisfaction that I've got two, you've got one. Right, right. So fuck you. Yeah. Right? But it's also like when you have that level of poverty down below, it's also a national security issue. Right. Because the people down at the bottom are susceptible to overthrowing the system. Right. Because they don't got any stake in it. Right. Right. So like if you look at Russia and it's like the Bolshevik revolution, you have a certain situation right. where there's enough people who are fed up and you got people at the very top that are really rich right. and that are controlling things. Yeah. But the control wire snaps because the people down at the bottom don't have enough. Right. So what I'm trying to get to is that, how, where that's are we going? Where we're at. That's where we're at. We're that's at right there right now. Right now. I, I honestly see us going that. It, 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 I mean, if... If we can organize and we can come together in solidarity, we're we're there in that moment, you know. Like and and I think we got to. I agree. There's with still you. more. To, there's still more that has to happen. I agree but, with you. But so the shield uh, for these rich elites is the police. So we're looking at their their shield. Their shield has always been the police. The police are not here to protect our communities. They're, they're here to protect capitalist interests. Right. So, you know, to see all this looting, to see everything going on, we're seeing there's no respect anymore for this capitalist shit. You know what I'm saying? This right. whole capitalist right. fucking system, right. there's no respect for it anymore. Right. We lost all fucking hands down right. respect for it. Right. So now we'll fucking loot Target and we'll fucking burn down sure. the police station. Like sure. the only people that was guarding these fucking rich elites and these capitalist, this capitalist interest right. are the police, right. you know. So now we're focused, we're penetrating. If we can get rid of the police, and then we can see wide open who the fuck we need to go after. You has anybody saying? has anybody ever done an ex, um, an experiment or a research on what would happen? How much money would each individual in the United States have if they took? All the money that exists right now, we'd all be millionaires, straight up. Yeah, there's been. I've seen the numbers. I just, I just read the numbers. I just read those numbers. What yeah, is it? Yeah. And it's that if you took the, I think it's the top five or four percent, right, of the super rich, right. right. There's only four percent or something. Yeah. And you took half of their money. Yeah. They would still be the top. Top. But we would five percent of well we be living good. and everybody else would be millionaires. Yep, everybody else. Yep. See, like I don't understand why everyone doesn't want that deal. That's that's the deal. I also we, don't I think I, that, I, I don't think that people really really wrap their heads Head around, around or understand yeah, how don't. much wealth the people at the top, top have. Yeah, I think exactly. You're right. I don't I think, think people right. exactly. even comprehend. And that's where they that, think Jeff Bezos right. is one of those guys, and he's not. Right. Exactly. He's a merchant. Job, right. he my, he's a nothing. Merchant. Yep. Right. These nothing. people have had money. Money. Before the United States, bro, they were funding yeah. the United this. States. They yeah. were funding it, the bro. This, is, mo- yeah. this yeah. is dynasty money. This is money that came around for money. Yep. 500 years, bro. Right. They've been taxing motherfuckers. Like, yeah. People can't yes. figure out. Yes. They don't have no idea what type of wealth is really running shit. Right. No, you're right. And so you know, when I tell you that the United States, how many people are in the United? No, if I was to tell you, if I was to tell you that there's million. seven billion people in right. the planet, right. right? That there could be seven seven hundred seven billion millionaires. That yeah, actually, people don't sense. think that there's that much. There, there is. There is. Right. There because you and they you have these trillions. Guys 
trillions. Hundreds of trillions, Hundreds bro. Of trillions. You know what? Yep. You know what? That makes so much sense. And now that you just said that, now I realize what the propaganda purpose of the Kardashians were. Right. The propaganda purpose of the Kardashians was not to convince people that they could maybe, through the right marketing, get as rich as them. It was to confuse the average person as to what rich was. Was. Kardashians are rich. Right. Which is a complete They're all fronts. They're they're being they're they're being that, co-opted in. And there's certain people that get co-opted. But to your point, people who think that the Kardashians did well for themselves and are mm. rich are really confused as to actually how much money really can, can exists. I can I give you one more tip? Do it. Right. Please. The super super it ain't even the Rothschilds, bro. Nah, I already it's, know. it's not the Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not. There's the dudes that are like when you see those pictures of like those Rothschilds. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple dudes that are like right behind them. Right. That are kind of like, yep. sitting in the back of the picture. right. Yeah. It's those dudes. Those dudes What's yep. the point of being that rich? Bro, those people it's are control. on a whole another level, dude. It's power, like they're, they're, they're power playing. Yeah. They're going to they, they, they're back on? at the right time. We're talking right. about the Rothschilds, bro. So Straight it's not up. those guys. People think that that's them, but that's it's not, not, man. It's not. We're talking about 500 years. Like, you can look up, you can start Googling some of these people, bro. Yeah. yeah. And the money is from like China empires and fucking. Like, I mean, I'm that makes about- total sense to me. Yeah, because because when all the time when they get rid of these these they quote unquote like when the British quote unquote say well they didn't take the Queen's private property. There you go. They didn't. Right. She still owns property all around the world. And if you think about what I'm saying, yeah, and you no. think about how young the United States is, yes. yeah, part of this whole thing about what's going on in this country, it could very well be happening. From fucking China or somewhere else right. where they're sure. like, you know what? We're calling this fucking day. You guys are fucking up. Yeah. Right. We're going to let you know how this goes. Yeah. Right. It may not even be being that's, done that's by what I'm saying. any yeah, of by these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the way There's I'm seeing bigger, it. There's bigger, more people, bigger people. It's that like were around the, yeah. that had the majority of the wealth before the fucking United States yeah. was even founded, bro. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. Now, those people have made money from the United States, so they just gotten richer. Right. And richer and all their shit. And the United States standardized the money for the global, for, for the globe. So right. now, so now, so now in World War II, post World War II, United States standardized and tied the world's wealth to the dollar. Right. Right. There you go. There you go. Right. So now you have the people with the American experiment or whatever you want to call it have solidified their gains and made it standardized for everybody around the world so we can really raid each other and we're, we're done now. There's no more fucking up this shit. Damn, dude. Uh, listen. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, please. Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, man. Jesus this guy, Christ, Flocko, yeah, Flox. What? Uh, where can people come find you at? Look, I'm at UC Santa Barbara. I plan on uh, <laughs> staying there, getting my PhD. Um, uh, you could look, uh, you could look me up, uh, Ryan Flacco Rising on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Um, IG? You could, yeah, you could, uh, uh, no, I don't have no IG. Just, I don't uh, even like Facebook. I don't have no messenger, none of that well, shit. Well, get like, something because you know it's going to help you. With yeah. Your yeah, cause. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're under, you're part of the Underground yeah, Scholars. Underground program. Scholars. Look up Underground Scholars Santa Barbara mm-hmm. on Facebook and you'll see all the work we're doing. Like we, we're really pushing to fuck shit up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Straight up. Yeah, you know? The right and, way. And, and now, the right way. Straight up. Now, um, you guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap this show up. And listen, when you as you listen to this show, yeah, please when you listen to this show and you look at the posts, 
you'll see some hashtags and you'll see some ads. You'll see Gangsta how nerds, you can reach. Definitely. You can see how you can reach um, uh, Flacco. Yeah. You're going to see the programs that yeah. he's about, the school that he's located. So you will be able to like click on and find out what's going on with Underground Scholars, what's going on at UCSB with him, and what's going on with his, his recidivism and, and a lot of the <laughs> stuff that he's working on. Yeah. There's a book that... Yes, Flacco was involved in. He's he got to write um, a portion in this book called "Reclaiming Our Stories" too, and this is um, this is a book that talks about some in depth subject matter. And in this book, uh, Flacco wrote a a small a short story in this book, um, and it's entitled "Raising My Children from a Prison Phone." What page is that on? And that is on page. 29. Okay, and so uh, Sean, old blue eyes, are you there? Sean? Are you okay. fucking... So, oh, Sean... My kid, was, my kid was screaming, so I was... That's alright, alright. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so, I'm here. Okay, so, do, so uh, we're gonna produce this right on the fucking fly right here. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, not now, but Flacco's going to read this, and then if you want to in post, put together a cool track to kind of accentuate what Flacco's doing, that would be badass. That would be badass. So when the show yep, comes on, sure. when you listen right, to this, yeah. you're going to hear it with some extra special touches. All right. All right, but so uh, Flacco, go ahead and uh, okay. read this short story. Yeah. Listen up, listeners. Listen up, listeners. Yeah. Flacco, produce. Raising my children from a prison phone. I dedicate this story to all the mothers and fathers incarcerated and raising their children through a prison phone. I raised my son and daughter through a prison phone. I would call them loyally every weekend while they were at my mother's house. I remember when my daughter was four years old, she said over the phone, Dad, I want to have a picnic with you in the park. I almost broke down and cried. It was so painful to hear my little princess want to share a special moment with me in the park. I promised her I would be home soon to have that picnic in the park. My first son, Riley Ritchie Rising, was born two months after I went to prison. I remember my mom brought him down to visit me from Montana to Blythe, California, where I was incarcerated in Ironwood State Prison. She spent a bunch of money on an airplane ticket and a hotel, but the day before her visit, an inmate ended up beating up a correctional officer on the yard and the whole prison was put on lockdown. I was so heartbroken. I remember how dark I got after that day. I had a sense of anger and this manifested into a violent mind. I raised my son and daughter through pictures in the mail and through that state phone. They always interrupted our beautiful talks, reminding my beautiful children and myself that I was a slave in prison. You were talking to an inmate in the California Corrections Facility. This call is being monitored and recorded. This is how I had to raise my kids for the most precious moments in their lives when they needed their father the most. That is how it was. I remember hearing my son say dad for the first time over the prison phone. I remember when I bought a secret cell phone. It cost $1,200 and the things I had to do to keep this cell phone were insane. Still to this day, I don't understand why we didn't all have cell phones. I had to dig a hole in my concrete wall put it away before yard. I would have to put it back into that little hole and seal it back. Uh, I had to dig out that hole all the time and put it right back in. I had this phone for four months and bonded with my children all the, all the time. I never had to listen to that recording. I'll never forget the day I lost it. The correctional officers came to my door. Cuff up, rising cuff up. 
They cuffed me and my celly up and put us in the shower next to our cell and locked us in. My heart was beating fast because I knew that was the end of my cell phone. I remember when they found it, they started to cheer. Yes, yes, we got it. My heart sunk. Then they came back to us, put us in my cell, and I asked them, ACO, why'd you search my cell in the first place? One of your homies snitched on you. He responded, what's up? Tell us who it is, I asked him. You know I can't do that, Mr. Rising. When me and my homie went back to our cell, it was demolished. It looked like a hurricane had hit our entire room. Everything was upside down. Top ramen soups, coffee, and beans that we buy from the store were all over the floor. As we started to work on putting our cell back together, the CEO came to our door. Rising, cuff up. We're taking you to the hole. I was in the hole for conspiracy to d deal drugs. It was isolated, dark, very alone, very quiet. Just you and your thoughts. And my thoughts were, who was it? Who snitched on me? One of my so-called homies said I was the main drug dealer of the block, which was a lie. I sat in the hole for 30 days until they released me back in the yard, alone, angry, pissed, broken, and feeling betrayed. I remember when they let me back into the yard, they put me in the same cell with my celly, which was cool. I told them what happened, why they took me, showed them my paperwork. After that, I didn't trust anybody. Who could I trust? Someone was looking me in the eyes and then turned around and was telling these correctional officers bullcrap behind my back. I remember when I got to talk to my kids for the first time after being in the hole. It felt amazing to talk to them and hear their voices. It soothed my mind and reminded me that I was going home someday soon. But that lady came in. You were talking to an inmate in a California correctional facility. This call is being monitored and recorded. I had to hear that recording five times in a 15 minute phone call. How am I supposed to raise my children like this? What is this teaching them? Is this really what it's supposed to be about? I raised my kids on this phone until they released me seven years after. I had never seen my son because the first time my mom made all that effort to bring him to me, I was on lockdown. You have 60 seconds remaining on this recorded phone call. Then I got out. The gates opened up at New Folsom State Prison and I walked out of the devil's playground alive. I didn't get to see my kids right away. We were still talking over the phone and through video chats, but there was no recording. Then the day finally arrived. I got to go meet my kids for the first time in my son's life. And my daughter hadn't seen me since she was a year and a half. This day was amazing for them and myself. I went to their school, met their teachers and did a parent teacher conference. For the first time in their life, I got to do what a father should do and that's be involved in their life. After I met their teachers, I finally got to meet my kids. I remember my son walked in the door. He looked at everyone in the room. And as soon as he locked eyes with me into my soul, he screamed loud and proud, Daddy! He ran at full speed and jumped into my arms, pulled me to the ground, and we both started to cry. This was the first time I had ever met my son in person. As I looked him in the eyes and studied his futures, I said, you look just like me. He said, yeah and couldn't stop looking at me. And then we hugged and I gave my son a kiss for the first time in his life. This very moment changed me as a man forever. Now it was time to go meet my daughter. They said, let's call her to the office. She came walking down the hallway and her brother said, we got a surprise for you. As soon as she looked me in the eyes, my heart skipped a beat. She threw down her backpack and ran at full speed, yelling at the top of her lungs, daddy. It had been seven years since I had seen her. Then she had been a little baby walking around. Now she was grown and beautiful.
Her brother said, come on, cry. But she was so strong and we started our journey. I was now able to call and talk to my children all the time. I got to bond with them better and call them all day. This was a huge part to our relationship and I was never interrupted ever again by that disrespectful, degrading recording reminding me and my children that I was a slave in the California Department of Corruption. What kind of message are they sending to our children? You are talking to an inmate in the California Correction Center. This call is being monitored and recorded. So what do we say at this point in the show, Big Lux? Yeah. We say, gracias, flaco. Eso, gracias, camarada. Thank you for coming down, brother. We'll link you on with everybody. Definitely. Thank you for coming down. Thank you for sharing your writing. I'm going to read this beautiful book tonight. Yeah. And it's Adios Amigos from the Hard Luck Show. Eso, gracias, Hard Luck.